This is the MTT IndyCar Series. From the raceway at Belle Isle Park in Detroit, Michigan. I love the physicality of Detroit. You know, it really is a difficult circuit to master. And I remember the first lap I did there, and I couldn't really see the next corner because the car was jumping up and down. That's one of the few places where most of the time the reward outweighs the risk, so you kind of just go out there and go for it. With live flag-to-flag coverage, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Well, the final chapter in the racing history at oh, Belle Isle is about to be written next year. T- the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix relocates downtown. There are numerous threats for the finale, and they're all previous winners. Pole sitter Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Elio Castroneves, an Indy 500 champion, Marcus Erickson, all wrapped up desirable starting positions in Fast 6 qualifying on Saturday. Welcome. I'm Mark James. Lots to discuss with regards to today's race. Let's hear from some of the drivers who we've already referenced. We welcome in our pit reporters, Joel Sebastianelli and Ryan Marine. David Malukas will start a career best sixth here on the streets of Detroit. Exciting, great result in qualifying, no question about that, but now it's the real task. What can you do to keep your number 18 Honda up front? Well, it's all going to be about the, the red tires, the alternate tires. You know, uh, we, we kind of make sure that they can last a long stint. Our goal is, uh, is going to be 20 laps. So we're going to go out here and we're going to try our best, you know, to do it. And last night, all all of the, the data and everything we looked at was trying to, to, to look into making these red tires last. So if we can make these red tires last, I think we'll be in for a good race. As a rookie, you don't have a lot of experience on the red tires, certainly not on long runs and certainly not here in Detroit. How much are you leaning on your teammate Takuma Sato to try and gather some of that data and prepare yourself i've been leaning quite a bit i've been asking him for for all the tips and everything but you know he just said to 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 go fast you kind of need to drive like a grandma so that's that's the goal here for this warm-up session best of luck driving like a grandma today (laughs) thank you that's david malukas with indy 500 champion marcus erickson marcus it's been a whirlwind week from winning the 500 you opened the stock exchange in new york throughout the first pitch for the yankees right here right now is this the first time things have felt like it's life back to normal uh I don't know. It's been pretty crazy, like you say. It's been pretty full schedule since the checkered flag last Sunday. So it's been uh, a bit hectic, but uh, it was actually nice to come here. I was thinking that I was going to be exhausted, but it was just nice to be sort of back to normal and jump in the car on Friday afternoon was really good. And I felt really strong in the car from the first session. You know, we've been up there mixing it up in the, in the front of the field, and I think we, we have a fast car. And again, now in warm-up uh, this morning, you know, we were uh, competitive on the race car. So, yeah. Looking forward to the race. You won here a year ago starting 15th. Today you start 8th. Do you have a better car today than you did last year? Yeah, for sure. I think we've made some good improvements on our you know, street course package since we won here last year. And uh, we've been really strong early this year in both St. Pete and Long Beach. We were you know, pretty much the fastest car in both those races. So I think we, we have a really good street course package. And I think, like I said, we won from 15th last year. We, there's no reason why we cannot win from 8th today. And Marcus Erickson won at Belle Isle. It was his first win in eight years. If he goes back-to-back as the Indy 500 winner, it'll be the first time someone's done that since won Pablo Montoya 22 years ago. Joseph Newgarden scored his third career Detroit pole yesterday in dramatic fashion. It came down to the final lap of that qualifying session, Joseph. How exhilarating is a qualifying lap around this place? It's a blast. I'm going to miss this track for sure. You know, I'm excited to go downtown next year. I think the event will be a big boost, but this has been a a fun track to drive over the last 10 years, and 
definitely miss it, but we're going to try and finish things off right here for the last year and feel really confident we can um, we can win the race today with, with Hitachi and Team Chevy. You've had some success here in the past. You've won. You led a ton of laps last year and were a runner was a runner-up in the second race. The big topping point, though, today has been tire wear, tire strategy. What have you learned about the Reds so far this weekend? I think you'll see it, the exact same deal as you saw last year. You know, big drop-off for the Reds, and it'll be difficult, but... It's going to be the same race, same decisions, I think. Best of luck. Thank you. Joseph Dugarden will lead the field to green here in Belle Isle. I suppose the best fence climb is the next fence climb, but the first fence climb for Elio Castroneves was here in 2000 on the streets of Belle Isle. Is this a place that brings back some great memories for you? Oh, of course. This place, um, since when I came here, um, it was awesome. Hard on me in the beginning, especially in the Indy Lights days, but then... We start uh, understanding and uh, respect this place. It is um, very dear to my heart because it gave me my first win ever in IndyCar Series and, and many other wins too. So, and as you mentioned, it's, that's where the fence climb starts. So, hopefully we can uh, finish with a bang. Um, obviously, uh, it's the last race uh, in uh, Belle Isle. Not in Detroit, but in Belle Isle. So, would it be a, a great uh, big of a deal uh, finishing um, where the Spider-Man started. You guys were strong in Long Beach. Meyer Shank Racing has four top tens going back to last year on the street courses. Do you feel like this is where the team excels? No question. We, uh, we're definitely working very well together. Simon and I, uh, we're really pushing, obviously, second row, which uh, it shows the, the, the car and the, the team is up there. And uh, But we want to be consistent. We knew that it's going to have ups and downs, which is uh, understandable with a very competitive series. But we're really glad that we're able to. And now we need to execute today, and that's what we're going to do our best. He'll execute from fourth starting position this afternoon. Okay, well, to give you an idea how the schedule's going to run between now and uh, the green flag, at 24 minutes past the hour, we will go trackside for pre-race festivities. We will have the command at 3.38, and the green flag is scheduled for 3.45 here at Belle Isle. Davey Hamilton joins us from the grid. Davey Hamilton doing double duty for today's race, huh, Davey? Yeah, a little double duty today down here with all the action. And by the way, Mark, this place is packed. I mean, it's, the grid's full, the grandstands are full. It's going to be an exciting race here for the last time on Belle Isle for sure. Well, you're uh, driving the fastest seat in sports, something for Mario Andretti. I know that's a thrill for you for sure. Uh, so Joseph Newgarden with a heck of a run uh, to grab the top spot late in qualifying yesterday. Uh, other solid runs in qualifying, Sato, Pagino, Castroneves, Award, and Malukas. Davey, the big story. How are they going to be able to manage those reds? Have to use them, but how will they match up with the wear and tear on the blacks? Well, I talked to pretty much all those guys you just mentioned. They all said the exact same thing. The reds are going to deteriorate really, really quick, and they all want to get off them. But they also told me, Mark, all their cars are really good. I go, what? Not one person said their car. they had a bad car. So it's going to be interesting to see when they all say their cars are great. The reds are going to go off quick. And, Mark, a little chance of rain potentially today. That could change everything up as well if uh, we get some showers today here at Detroit. Among the top 12, it looks like there's just a handful of drivers that are starting on blacks. Looks like Scott Dixon, Pato Award, actually Award to switch to red. The the designation did. So uh, I think the overwhelming majority of drivers, David, looks like they are indeed going to start on those reds. Yeah, and I think I would choose to do that as a driver. I think that uh, if something's going to happen, sometimes it happens early, then you can get off of them really quickly. And I think that's their, their plan and strategy. Just try to get off of them. If something happens on that first lap, they could jet right in and get on the 
the blacks and, and probably make it safe. But you remember last year, it was kind of the same thing. The Reds deteriorated quickly, but some of the guys ran pretty fast. These leaders stayed up front with the Reds and had pretty good pace. So, um, you know, either way, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And it's always good, Mark, when you have these red tires, I think, uh, deteriorate that quickly. I mean, um, sometimes they, they're just as fast or faster than the, the blacks the entire time. Sometimes that takes some strategy out of it. Is it going to be a, it really, really hard to do a two-stopper here? It's going to be more likely to be a three, but can it be a four if some guys uh, come in early to get those reds off? Yeah, but they're predicting a two-stop race. The fuel range around 26 laps, but uh, you say that that's a guessing game at best, huh? Yeah, well, I think they just have to save too much fuel at two. I mean, uh, they can do it, but you have to save so much fuel, and saving that much fuel, I think it's going to drop them off the pace maybe a little bit too much. We'll just have to see what the pace stands for. And again, weather. We'll just see what the weather does, what the reds do. Obviously, if the reds start slowing down, they're not going to be using that much fuel. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think if it's a full-on race, guys are going to be faster on, on doing a three-stopper, making that making that extra stop a payoff. Maybe not to the extent that the NTT IndyCar Series drivers feel it in their cars. But we'll ask you, when your laps around the two-seater here this weekend, is it about as gripped up as it's going to get right now? Yeah, I think so. It felt really good just a little while ago. I mean, it's very fast, very grippy, still very bumpy. I mean, it seems like every time I go out there, I find a bump somewhere else. So, uh, and, you know, and I always say turn two is a big challenge. These drivers do such a good job getting over turn two where that bridge is. Just seems like you really want to get a lot of wheel spin and get sideways over that. So that's going to be interesting. And the passing zone stayed the same. Turn Going into turn one is going to be one. Going into turn three is a really good one. And then, as we know, going into that off that straightaway in the back and turn seven, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Very bumpy in the braking area now. And even when you turn in, it seems like we can get the tires off the ground. Not a lot of bumps in turn five, which is an important turn because that's that bending back straightaway that sets up that passing zone into turn number six, off of six down to seven. But, uh, you know, another important one is 12 and 13, which leads you back into that short straightaway. We said while it looks like two pronounced right-handed turns, it's actually more of a sweeping turn. But I think the challenge for 12 is all the bumps that we've seen upon entrance this weekend. Yeah, that's right. We've seen two huge hits there, not just in IndyCar, but Indy Lights have had some issues there as well. It is. It's so tight right through there. It's very, very, you know, you want to, it feels like you can go through there so quickly and the grip is high, but man, if you touch your tires on that outside wall coming off a of 12, it usually sends you into 13. We've seen Grosjean have a really hard hit there uh, yesterday, so yeah, watch that one. There's a lot of debris. And another thing, for if you do hit there, the car's coming through that corner, not a lot of places for them to go, so it kind of catches up guys behind them as well. Uh, so you think basically what it boils down to is anybody starting from, say, maybe 7th or 8th on back might have to get creative with the fuel strategy because of how difficult it is to pass here. Yeah, I think so. I, I think they're going to do what the leaders do. I think it's the drivers out back, you know, like Felix is starting dead last. I think he has a pretty fast race car. I think they'll go way off strategy because you might as well. What do you have to lose? You're definitely not going to win this race by just passing cars. It's very difficult too difficult to do that. So even when you're that far back, man, just go on a different strategy. If you're being held up in traffic, make that early pit stop and just gamble it because you have nothing to lose. Have fun in the fastest seat in sports, brother. We'll have you rejoin us soon. Perfect. Thanks, guys. It's the HVD Engineering Update now with Ryan Marine. Wayne Gross is the manager of Trackside Support for Honda Performance Development, and he joins us on the HPD Engineering Update. A big win and a historic one one week ago, Wayne, with the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500, and, of course, Marcus Erickson was powered by Honda. How special is it to once again put Honda in victory lane at Indy? 
Yes, I, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, huge, huge congratulations to everyone at HPD, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. All their cars were in you know, contention to win. But just from our side, just huge credit to all the, the men and women back at HPD and here at the track and just really pulling it out was just a great, great result for everyone at HPD and Honda. If you look back at the start of the season, probably not the start that you envisioned, but the month of May was awfully kind to Honda with Colton Herta winning on the Indy Road Course, Scott Dixon with the historic pole run, and then you cap it off with the Indy 500 win. Is there some wind in the sails now for this program looking ahead to the rest of the year? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, the, the season started kind of rough for us, but everyone kept their heads down, kept pushing. I mean, Indies, everything is everything for us. So to come out of the month of May with those results, just again, huge credit to everyone at HPD and, and, and our, our, you know, our teams and just really looking forward to the rest of the season and kicking it off again here in Detroit. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. That's the HPD Engineering Update. Last year, 2021, was my first time there at Detroit, and I remember the first lap I did there, and I couldn't really see the next corner because the car was jumping up and down. But uh, it's a fun track. Again, really challenging. Good, uh, good fans that we get, and it's a great event. He's got some work to do today. He'll roll off 18th. The NTT IndyCar Series is moving full speed ahead in the race for equality and change. Time now to check in with Louisa Maser in this week's segment of On Track with Diversity, presented by Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and HR and benefits consultant. This week, we're catching up with driver of the AJ Foyt Racing Number 11, Tatiana Calderon, who joined the IndyCar Series this year to race on the road and street circuits. Tatiana, tell us, as a woman in a mostly male-dominated sport, what inspired you to add to the IndyCar Series to your motorsport career? Well, I mean, it's a huge privilege to personally be on, on IndyCar. You know, I think it's one of the most competitive series in the world. It's been an incredible journey. I'm very thankful to be part of this series and hopefully, you know, inspire the next generation because I, I believe this is one of the only sports where we can compete in equal terms. And then what do you hope fans realize, and especially those young uh, girls who are watching you compete, uh, what do you hope they see uh, when they see you out competing out at, at the racetrack? Yeah, you know, I think sometimes you have to see it to believe it and, and to get inspired. And I hope that, you know, I every time I'm on, on a racetrack, I see little girls and they're like, oh, look, there's there's a girl racing. So that, that means I can do this too. And that's sort of what what it is all about. Obviously, I'm racing for, for myself and I'm quite competitive, but I also realize that in order to, to change the, the bias and, and to get more females into the sport, uh, we need to, to showcase um, that this is an option for them. On Track with Diversity is brought to you by Gallagher. For 95 years in communities across the globe, Gallagher's insurance, risk management, and consulting solutions have helped businesses face their future with confidence. Gallagher. To learn more, visit AJG.com. When we come back, we will go trackside for pre-race festivities as we get closer and closer to the green flag for the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Well, now is your chance to own a piece of history by purchasing a copy of one of our Indy 500 broadcasts. Go to IMS.com, click on the History tab, and look for Historical Race Broadcast. Almost 70 years of racing on the radio can be yours. Go to IMS.com. The American Legion, proud to be an official charity of IndyCar. Want to see what they are all about? Well, you can visit the American Legion experience in the fan area of every racetrack for your chance to celebrate in Winter Circle 
and meet the winning driver at NDT IndyCar Series events. You can listen to us live each race weekend on the IndyCar app powered by NTT Data, racecontrol.indycar.com. That goes along with timing and scoring. IndyCarRadio.com, the Mixler app, TuneIn Premium, Sirius XM 160, plus all IndyCar races are on a radio station near you. And after the race, follow us and download our complete race broadcast wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and IndyCarRadio.com. Five different different winners in six NTT IndyCar Series races to start the season, including Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Colton Herta, and of course, Marcus Erickson, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear, of course, the 30th and final IndyCar Series race conducted here at the Raceway of Belle Isle. It's the 33rd IndyCar race held overall in Detroit, a two and a half mile street circuit in downtown Detroit, hosted card events from 1989 to 1991. And now it's time to go trackside for pre race festivities here at Belle Isle. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the U.S. in Detroit Arsenal Color Guard presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as Reverend Lonnie Peake offers today's invocation. Lord, we thank you for this day. You are the creator and sustainer of all that is and all that was. Lord, we appreciate your your hand of guidance and protection around the Grand Prix. We appreciate the leadership of Bud Dinker and Roger Penske and the thousands of workers who have come together to make this a success. We thank you for the resources that have rebuilt the Scott Fountain. Now, Lord, as we look forward to going to downtown Detroit, we're going to ask for the same guidance and grace around us as you have been with us on Belle Isle. We thank you for all you have done. We're looking forward to the future based upon what you have already done for us. We say this prayer and all of those in the household of faith who worship you. Amen, amen, amen. Here to perform the Canadian National Anthem, Ray Marinucci. Oh, Canada. Our home and native land, true patriot love in all thy sons command. With glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Here to perform our national anthem. Detroit Fire Department, Fire Engineer, Operator, Martin Rucker. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at 
the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet Today's flyover to F-16 from the 180th Fighter Wing of the Ohio National Guard. We will meet the three gentlemen that will help us describe the accident, Belisle, when we come back. Two point three five miles, a couple of decent straightaways, but fourteen turns at all. Five to the left, nine to the right. Three good ones going to help paint the picture for you today. As we mentioned, how important the exit of turn number two is, which leads you to a straightaway. The longest on the front stretch is those F-16 fly by one more time. But when they come toward turn three, that's where they come into the view of RJ Query. And those F-16s went right overhead, just as you said that, Mark. Turn number three is where I am perched right now. There's a monument here at Belle Isle for James J. Brady. It was erected in 1928 for his efforts as what was known as the Old Newsboys Goodfellow Fund using newspaper sales to help out the children of the Detroit area. One of these drivers hopes to make headlines somehow this weekend by winning here at Belle Isle. This right-handed turn that is turn number three is very tight. It comes off of a long straightaway where speed is achieved. But then that right-handed turn is one where you have to be very, very careful because if you go too far to the inside, those rumble strips can irritate the balance. You go too far outside, and that Cadillac racing banner that is there on the outside of the turn comes very, very quickly. Once they make that right-handed turn, they set sail underneath the Lear Bridge, which is named for the title sponsor of this event. They get back into that gearbox, and then they come into the view of Nick Yeoman. Thank you, Jake. We'll be calling the eastern part of the racetrack here for the 2022 Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, presented by Lear. It's turns four, five, and six. Two right-hand turns and one to the left. Once they leave that turn three spot that Jake will be describing, it is a fabulous passing point on this racetrack. It's a couple short straightaways. One leading down to a right-hander of turn number four, another to a left-hander of turn number five, and then one more short straightaway to the right-hander of turn number six. We don't expect to see a lot of passing in this part of the racetrack, but it is a very technical portion of the racetrack where there are concrete walls waiting to the left and to the right. We saw some Indy Lights drivers bang those walls throughout the course of the weekend, and we'll see if these 26 IndyCar drivers can navigate through it as well. That right-hander of turn number six, you'll remember that, is where 
where Felix Rosenquist had a horrible accident a year ago when his throttle stuck, but it is an important corner on this racetrack because it leads to the part of the track called the Strand. We'll refer to it as the backstretch. It'll bend to the right and then back to the left, setting up probably the best passing point on this racetrack down for the right-hander of turn seven and down there to call him. It'll be Michael Young today. Yeah, thank you, Nick Yeoman. I'm peering through a maple tree. There is a hole that Mother Nature has provided that I can see the field as they make that left-hander setting up for the right-hander, which is turn number seven. I will call the inner loop. It's a right-hander, which is turn number seven. A good passing point, but you have to be careful because the tires await you on the outside of that turn. Then it's two left-handers and another left-hander. Turns eight, nine, and ten. Turn eight's about a 45-degree turn, and nine and ten kind of work their way to the left as they feed back to that right-hander, which is turn number 11. The Detroit River is behind me, so too is Windsor, Ontario. I know it's hard to believe, and even my mind can't wrap my head around the fact that Canada's to our south here on Belle Isle, but a beautiful view, and the grandstands are packed. Going to be an interesting race, Mark. Jane Santino Ferrucci came from 21st to 6th as he ran 27 laps on the Reds last year. Can he do that again today? Who can make the best of the Reds? Going to be a thriller nonetheless. Thank you, Michael. Look forward to the call. And once they exit turn number 11, it's a sweeper between 12 and 13. It looks like a short little straightaway if you're looking at the trap map, but it's actually a sweeping turn, but it's very important. The entrance is bumpy. It'll upset the balance of the race car if you don't hit it just right. But you want to carry all kinds of momentum through turn 13 because that'll carry you all the way back around to turn number one. Not a straightaway, but it's a long bending curve, and there's plenty of speed to be gained there as you set up for one and two, and then we start this whole maddening process all over again. When we come back, the command to start the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. It's one of the, the few tracks I can think of that just rewards it trying as hard as you possibly can um, and, and taking quite a bit of risk. So uh, I love going there. It's, it's a shame that it's our last year on Belle Isle, but um, it's also an opportunity to, to finally get the win that I think we've been so close to having there quite a few times. So um, amazing place, amazing venue, good turnout, and uh, can't wait to get back this year. Now, those are thoughts and impression of Alexander Rossi bound for Errol McLaren next year. That announcement made earlier this week, and Alexander Rossi could be a contender. He'll roll off 11th today. Might have been a bit disappointed after his qualifying run after he had been fast in the final practice session before we went qualifying again. Storied history here. It started with Cart in 1992. Some of the early winners, legends like Bobby Rahal and Danny Sullivan, Michael Andretti, the late Greg Moore, Alex Zanardi, and Dario Franchitti. And then this, for all intents and purposes, is where Spider-Man was born. Elio Castroneves went back-to-back in 2000 and 2001. Elio and Dixon, the only three-time winners here at Belle Isle competing today. Let's go trackside. Attention race fans, it's time for the most famous words in motorsports. Here to give the command, please welcome Vice President of Global Safety, Systems, and Integration for General Motors, Jim Dennehy. Welcome, race fans. Nolan, this one's for you. Drivers, start your engines! A 26-car field. Now, let's meet the starting lineup for the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Here's today's NTT IndyCar Series starting lineup. 
Row 13. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Row 12. Tatiana Calderon, Colombia. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Row 11. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Devlin DeFrancesco, Canada. Row 10. Jack Harvey, United Kingdom. Christian Lundgaard, Denmark. Row 9. Alex Below, Spain. Santino Ferrucci, United States. Row 8. Will Power, Australia. Kyle Kirkwood, United States. Row 7. Renis VK, the Netherlands. Connor Daly, United States. Row 6. Romain Grosjean, France. Alexander Rossi, United States. Row 5. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Row 4. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Colton Herta, United States. Row 3. David Malukas, United States. Patricio Ward, Monterey, Mexico. Row 2. Elu Castroneves, Brazil. Simon Paginot, France. On the outside of row 1. Takuma Sato, Japan. And starting on the pole. Joseph Dugarden, United States. Great job all weekend long, keeping us close to the stories that are making headlines throughout the course of this weekend. Talking about uh, Ryan Marine and Joel Sebastianelli. And uh, Ryan, what will you be keeping your eye on up in road today? Mark, I've got to say, Roger Penske has been so instrumental in this race happening year after year on Belle Isle, and it seems fitting that he's got three cars that should factor in at one point or another in the final Belle Isle race. All three of them pitted here in my section. Scott McLaughlin, who came here as a rookie for the first time last year, he said, this was not a good place for me. We really struggled, but he's figured it out. He was pretty quick in qualifying. He'll start 10th. He thought he should have started a little bit further towards the front. Then there's Will Power. He, too, was frustrated in qualifying, but he's a former pole sitter and former winner here at Belle Isle. Certainly one to keep an eye on coming from further back. And at the very front of the field, Joseph Newgarden from pole, where he started race two of the weekend one year ago here at Belle Isle. Dominated that race, came up just a little bit short. Ultimately, it was Pato Award that came away with the victory, but Joseph Newgarden for Team Penske will start the final Detroit Grand Prix here in Belle Isle from the pole position, and I'll be keeping a close eye on them, as well as the rest of those pitted in my section of the pit lane. Joining me here at the pits, though, this weekend, Joel Sebastianelli. Joel? Thank you, Ryan. We can often expect the unexpected here at Belle Isle, can't we? And that's because even on race day, teams just don't have a great feel for those red tires, how they'll manage set streets and when they will fall off. A few reasons for that this year, stop and start, stop and start in practice and even in qualifying. The timing wasn't just right. Some teams couldn't get many quality laps in on those sets. Kyle Kirkwood, for one, he had an incident in practice too, missed a ton of track time and went into qualifying blind. Those are his words on reds. And with a sore hand, didn't seem to bother him in the IMSA race. He won with Lexus and Vassar Sullivan alongside Ben Barnico. He's one of only two drivers in the top 15 starting on the black primaries. The other three-time Belle Isle winner, Scott Dixon. He starts ninth in the number nine on the black tires. A win today would tie the Iceman with Mario Andretti for second most wins in Indy all time, Mark. Well, this is typically the time when we get the final thoughts in the presence of our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton. But again, he is piloting the fastest seat in sports and will join us in the booth momentarily. So let's go out and get the thoughts and impressions one more time of our turn announcers before we get, get ready to go racing today. Jake, the atmosphere, just the general buzz around Belle Isle. Looks like 
great crowds all weekend long. Yeah, the grandstand here in turn number three to the inside is packed. It is full at capacity right now. Every single one of them giving me a wave, which I absolutely love. We're ready to go racing. This is an area that's going to be tricky at the start, Mark. We'll see whether or not everybody gets cleanly through once we get this race started. And one thing's for sure, Nick Yeoman, it's been a busy weekend for the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires. A great weekend for Linus Lundquist, but we've seen problem spots on this racetrack for the NTT IndyCar Series and certainly problem spots for Indy Lights. Both races in the Indy Lights series that were won by Linus Lundquist were plagued by a lot of carnage. Uh, those races, Mark, had just 14 cars. Now let's nearly double it, putting 26 powerful NTT IndyCar Series machines on this racetrack. These are some of the best drivers in the world, but boy, Detroit is just one of the toughest tracks on the schedule. Going to be fascinating to see who can hold on for 70 laps, and I want to echo those sentiments from Jake. Looks like a monster crowd here, Mark, for this final race on Bell I know we all look forward to seeing this event moving to downtown Detroit, but what a send-off as we're just moments away from going racing. And it's interesting to note, Nick, just a single race this year, and I'm sure the drivers are a bit relieved because this is a physically and mentally demanding race. We have heard over the years drivers getting out of those race cars after two, two full races flat and worn out. And remember, we just had a grueling month of May at Indianapolis. We're going to Road America next weekend. So, yes, all these drivers very happy to only tackle 70 laps one event here for the final Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. And Michael Young high atop turn number seven. Michael, you have a unique perspective there because as mentioned you can see Windsor just behind you, but if you look straight ahead of the portion of the racetrack that you're watching, you can look toward the infield and you can see a lot of packed grandstands and a lot of folks milling around at Belle Isle. Not only the suites, but the grandstands. I can see all the way to turn number one where those grandstands are filled. Also working their way through turns uh, nine and ten. Those grandstands filled as well. What's amazing is this field makes their way through turn number seven, and then they'll leave my sight in turn number 11. They're still coming down that back straightaway into turn number seven. That's how large this field is. It is overcast. It's going to be a demanding day for these drivers, but talked to several of them yesterday and said, how are the hands? No blisters on any of the drivers, so it will be demanding, and I, I would imagine by the end of the day, you're going to see some pretty worn-out uh, NTT IndyCar Series stars. Uh, cloudy, picture-perfect day, 70 degrees. The track temperature at 93 degrees. The formation through 12 and 13 is coming very, very late. And we'll see if it's in formation soon enough to get the green flag. And indeed, it does. And Joseph Newgarten grabs P1. And it looks like Simon Pashto is going to slip around to Kubasato. A side-by-side -side battle for the third position between Elio Castro Nevis and Takubasato. Jake Query. We will see if Elio Castroneves gets to turn three before Sato. He's going to try to go to the outside. Boy, that is a tight area. Elio Castroneves got to Kuba Sato. He goes into third out of turn number three. Big charge from Colton Herta from mid-pack. He's jumped up into the top six or seven spots. Lots of drivers going side by side. We see Roman Groshan and Renus VK doing a little wheel banging. But up front, it is Joseph Newgarden by about three car lengths over Simon Pagano. Then his teammate Elio Castroneves throws three, making their way down the backstretch, headed to turn seven for the first time. And Joseph Newgarden dives into turn number seven with Simon Pagano and Elio Castroneves behind him. The battle is for the fourth position. Takuma Sato has Pato Award right behind him, so too Colton Herta. So we'll keep our eye on Takuma Sato. Here comes Pato Award. They make their way out of the right-hander turn number 11. Top three, Joseph Newgarden, and then 
the two cars of uh, Meyer Shake Racing, Simon Pagino and Elio Castro Nevis. Front two starting to step, uh, separate themselves a little bit. We saw some guys pick up positions in the back. We saw Rita's VK pick up a couple of spots. We saw Alexander Rossi pick up a couple of spots. But it's Newgarten and Pagino up front with uh, Elio Castro Nevis, Sato and Pato Award, the top five. Again, your leader, Joseph Newgarten, to turn three. Newgarden now sets up for turn number three, about a three-car length advantage on Pagano. Then it's Elio Sato, Pata Award. Colton Herta now has David Malukas right on his rear wing on turn number three. Another late pass from Alexander Rossi. He just grabbed the eighth position away from the Indy 500 champion Marcus Erickson. Next car on the hit list will be seventh place running uh, David Malukas, the rookie. As for the front part, it is uh, the two machine of Joseph Newgarden. Jake, you're saying a car has a problem in turn three. Yeah, Graham Rahal came through here limping. Looked like he might have cut a tire that left rear. We shall see, but he was way off pace. Barely made it through turn number three. Nick, you might have eyes on Graham Rahal. Uh, so uh, it, it looked as though that Graham Rahal may have touched the wall that caused that damage to that car. Meanwhile, back up front as that United Reynolds car continues to limp slowly around the racetrack, it's Joseph Newgarten, Simon Pagino, Elio Castro-Nevis, Takuba Sato, and Pato Award. And there's no question the front two are starting to check out a little bit. Big movers early. Alexander Rossi is plus three. Rita's VK is plus two. Will Power has picked up a couple of positions, along with Felix Rosenquist. Simon Pagino, of course, picked up one on the start. Front two really starting to separate themselves, along with third place running Elio Castroneves, Jake Query. And then you have to wait a little bit after Castroneves before Takuma Sato and then Pata Award. Things have settled down just a little bit. Behind Award, it's Colton Herta and Alexander Rossi. Battle for the lead continues to be a good one as Joseph Newgarden's advantage that time in turn number three is only a couple car lengths. In fact, Simon Pagino is all over the rear wing of that Hitachi Tools Chevrolet. Onto the back straightaway. It's about a two-car length advantage. Michael, we may have a battle for the lead. The Frenchman Pagino running down his former teammate. About a car length advantage for Newgarden as he dives into turn number seven. Makes that right-hander Pagino about a car length behind. Graham Rahal's right rear is down. He has parked it in the runoff area to let the field make their way through. Back to the front. Joseph Newgarden, three-car length advantage. They make their way through turn number 11. A really good start for Joseph Newgarden, Davey Hamilton, and a really good start for Meyer Shank Racing. Yeah, how about that? Great start. We knew Joseph had the, you know, the lead lead of this field, but Simon Pagino, how strong does he look? Elio Castroneves, his teammate right behind. Really good runs by those guys. Alexander Rossi, as we mentioned, he's picked up a couple of positions. He is plus four now, Davey. He's fast. He's already up to seven. Well, he's been fast the entire weekend, obviously, and he is picking him up. He's already gained five positions now as as he continues to chase down a, a, a Ward and Sato, see if he can catch it. But Herta, another good start. Rosenquist gained five so far. How about this? Guys, Kellett has gained five. Early pit stop for Renus VK, Joel. Renus VK is having trouble in the pits. They brought him in to go from red to Took him a while. That was a 14-second stop. He just said over the radio it didn't go into gear, guys, but he is out on blacks on lap number four, so a quick stint on the reds. Ray Hall is going to try to get it back once he gets help from the crew. Ryan Marine. 
A similar story. Jack Harvey actually on the previous lap also getting off the red tires as quick as possible, not giving up any track position because of a dismal qualifying effort. Jack Harvey back out on blacks. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar at Davey. Uh, Graham Rahal, that, that, that tire going flat may have actually resulted in some damage to that race car. Yeah, he definitely hit the wall pretty good, Mark. That uh, that right rear just blasted out that outside barrier. Um, it definitely bit some toe links and so forth coming off of turn 13, it looked like, Mark. And uh, it's Well, actually, I think it may have been in turn 5, actually. And So uh, it looks like his day is done. He, I know he's going to try to cripple around to get into the pits right now, but it doesn't look good. Joel Sebastianelli. He just turned it off, Davey. He said on the radio, we're done. Graham Rahal climbing out of the car. So they hope for a rebound after a disastrous month of May, but it is certainly not to be for the United Reynolds car. Graham Rahal, the Davey Hamilton. Alexander Rossi was plus three, but he's already decided to come to pit road. Yeah, getting off those uh, softer sidewall red tires is going to take a bit of a strategy. Surprising as fast as he was and how far up front he was to do this, but uh, it doesn't surprise me either. We've seen VK already do it. We Now, now we've seen one of the leaders, Rossi, do it. Five laps complete next time by Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagino, Elio Castro-Nevis, Takuma Sato, Pato Award the top five, Colton Herta, David Malukas, Marcus Erickson, Scott McLaughlin, and Will Power the top ten at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Today's race is brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Ruoff Mortgage, for a fast mortgage process, apply online at Ruoff.com. Chevrolet, official vehicle of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway by NTT, the official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Seven laps complete. Newgarden, Pagino, Castro, Nevis, Sato would award the top five. Herta, Power, Erickson, Dixon, below the top ten to Pit Road and Joel Sebastianelli. David Malukas, the latest to make his pit stop on lap number seven. In and out of standard stop onto the blacks. Ryan Marine. Connor Daly a couple of laps ago in and out just getting off of those red tires. Similar story on this most recent lap. It was Santino Ferrucci filling in for Callum Eilat. He pitted and went to the black tires. Felix Rosenquist did the same. Seven of the top eight now, Davey. Uh, still on reds. A lot of drivers switching to blacks. Yeah, a lot of them switching to blacks. Looking at the, at the lap times right now as well. Uh, Newgarden at a 119.4. Pagano at a 119.9 at that time by. But you look at the cars on the black one 119.5, a little bit quicker. Uh, you, you got Dixon just ran a 119.1, fastest lap. That that was the fastest lap of anybody. So the black tires are definitely faster at this point. Now Dixon started with the blacks. So we got to remember that, but uh, they're definitely faster than the reds. But they need to hang on as long as they can, uh, just to, just to see if uh, they could cut this down to normal amount of pit stops. It may go for the two. Who knows? Uh, Takuma Sato, Pato Award. That one's heating up, Nick Gilman. That's a battle for four. Yeah, they are uh, slugging it out through turns five and six. They make the right hand bend onto the back straightaway. The strand to Kumasato's advantage is about two car lengths. Another one of those drivers. Both of these guys started out on the reds. Will Power is coming, but that battle for fifth or for fourth is a good one, Michael, into turn seven. Yeah, and Paddle Award has been lurking behind to Kumasato the last handful of laps or so. He'll close it down to about a half a car length, but Sato able to get back into that throttle, works his way through turn nine, now through turn number ten, but this is where Paddle Award closes back up. They'll negotiate that right hand of turn number eleven 
to Colton Hurtis there as well. Handful of laps ago, we really thought that there might be a challenge uh, between Elio Castro Nevis and Simon Pagino. That has yet to materialize. Joseph Newgarden has stepped away from Simon Pagino. Uh, the lead stands at about uh, between four and a half to five seconds. That was narrowed down now that they've cleared the timing to scoring loop to 1.9 seconds. But Pato Award goes into turn number one. And Jake Query, by the time they get back to you, you will see Sato's been passed by Award and Herta might be next. So Pato Award is on his giddy-up. As a matter of fact, Sato just got passed by Will Power as well. Nick, you had mentioned it about Will Power. Started mid-pack, but on those black tires, that Verizon machine of Will Power all of a sudden has some speed. Yeah, there's no doubt the two drivers to watch in this pack are Will Power and Scott Dixon because they are on the primary black tires. Those reds clearly shot, and they are starting to march their way through the field. Right behind them, Alex Pillow picks up a spot. He gets to the inside of Marcus Erickson and takes that ninth position away. Whole bunch of cars headed your way, Michael, and during turn seven. Yeah, fourth and fifth, that battle with Pato Award and Will Power further back. We see Scott Dixon around Sato. Now Colton Herta trying to get around him as well, but back in front. Pato Award trying to hold off Will Power. They're making their way through to the 11, and Will Power in that 12 car is on the charge. And Davey Hamilton, another guy that's kind of undermatched on those reds is Marcus Erickson. I think he's lost four spots in the last, uh, I don't know, couple of turns of the racetrack. Yeah, he sure has. As the Reds are falling off rapidly, and if I think the strategy, go to the three-stopper. If they're falling off too much, get in. I think Sato is pulling in pits right now. And so Takuma Sato, in fact, does pull on to pit road, and Ryan Marine is there. Yep, David, you're exactly right. They just could not make it work on these Reds, so they're bailing on the two-stop strategy. He was asked, do you want a front-wing adjustment commensurate with the black tires? And Takuma Sato said no. He is in. The Speedway fuel goes in. Very clean stop. He's down and away. That's Takuma Sato. Will Power paddle Pato Award. That is a good battle. It's a battle for fourth, Nick. Yep, Power is flat-out wearing Pato Award out. In fact, Award's doing a great job just to stay in front, but the question remains for how long. May not be able to hold him off on the backstretch. Power and Dixon on those primary black tires. Here comes Will Power. He gets to the inside of Pato Award. It's going to be a drag race down to turn seven with Scott Dixon watching. Michael, they're side by side. And Will Power will take over that position. Pato Award will tuck in behind Power, but Scott Dixon is right there. So Pato Award will lose that position. And Will Power checks out about seven car lengths as they enter turn number 11. Here comes Scott Dixon trying to get around Pato Award. Let's go to Pitt Road and Joel. All right, with Graham Rahal, uh, Graham, hate to talk to you under these circumstances. What happened? Yeah, just a mistake, you know, and uh, as I just said to NBC, you know, it's uh, with, with the team struggling as we are, certainly can't be making those mistakes on my behalf. So, you know, I'm sorry to the guys. Uh, we put It's been a hard weekend. Uh, everybody knows that. You know, we could have used the laps just to try to develop a setup and, and move ourselves forward for Toronto, Nashville, and everywhere else. But um, uh, just super disappointed. I mean, very upset with myself. Uh, mistakes like that are uncharacteristic, but certainly uh, in this in this particular instance, uh, detrimental to us uh, to try to move the program forward. So certainly bummed. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, very frustrated, Davey. Uh, very stressed, frustrated, Graham Rahal. We said they needed a rebound, a good rebound after a struggling month at uh, May of Indianapolis, and they haven't gotten it here at uh, Detroit this weekend. Yeah, isn't that the truth? They really needed He's right. They needed a lap to try to develop a setup. All three of those Rahal cars talked to some of the crew members early down there in pit lane, and they are absolutely struggling. Don't know where it's at. They're thinking they're looking at the damper program they have and just trying to figure it out, but laps help, and, that, and that's where Graham's going to miss out on those today. And another 
another thing on these pit stops, guys. We've seen Sato started up front, and we know Daly started towards the back of this field. But when Daly came in early for his black tires, got a lot of clean racetrack, he actually came out ahead of Sato after the cycle. So Sato starting up in those first few rows, next or in that first row, I should say, the guy in the back coming on those reds early. So that tells you how much time Sato was losing on the reds. Will Power has a pretty fast race car. As a matter of fact, into turn number one, he's going to duck right in behind, uh, right underneath Simon Pagino. And Scott Dixon has Pagino in the crosshairs next, Jake Query. Some pretty fast race cars headed to turn number three. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they are now trying to draw a bead. Will Power is on Joseph Newgarden. Dixon got a little bit loose coming off of turn number three. But, Nick, presumably it's because there's a lot of speed in that PNC Mech machine. Yeah, but also the black tires, the ones to be on all day long. Power, Dixon, Polo, and Kirkwood have been marching their way through the field. We mentioned that uh, Simon Passiono is starting to fade on those reds. He's got his mirrors full of Alex Polo. This is now the back battle for the fourth position. Polo right in the tire tracks. Michael, he's going to try to go the long way around as they approach turn seven. And he'll get around him easily before they make it to that right-handed turn. Alex Polo will check out over Elio Castroneva, or check that Simon Pagano by about four car legs. The real surprise in this is Joseph Newgarden and how fast he's remained on those reds out front leading this race. Uh, Ryan Marine, Christian Lugard currently running 24th. Yeah, he just came to pit lane, and that's not a surprise in and of itself, but he was one that started on the black tires. They had an ECU overheating warning that needed to get cleared in the pit lane because he was losing power. They did that and sent him out on reds. What this means, though, is he now has a long stint ahead of him on these red tires. That could make for a tough day in the office. So, Davey Hamilton, with all of these drivers on blacks, one driver's on red, Joseph Newgarden, but he's not been very hard on those reds because he's out front. He, he's out front, but still with a pretty good pace and then so you know they're wearing out has a good balanced car but look at his teammate will power catching him right now that last lap by he was three seconds faster 121 to a 118 uh one so yeah three seconds he gained on his teammate uh, newgard so he's going to lose the lead or is he who knows if he's going to stay out there because knowing that power has to put reds on sometimes sometime as well uh 12 laps complete now joseph newgard will power scott dixon alex below kyle kirk with the top five Query. And Felix Rosenquist just made contact with Tantiana Calderon exiting turn number three. It pushed Calderon off pace. She had to get out of the throttle. Rosenquist managed to get by. There was no actual damage. It didn't appear, but a close incident there between Rosenquist and Calderon. Uh, Joseph Newgarden and Will Power start to tighten up through 12 and 13. We'll see who carries the most speed. And Scott Dixon is slowly but surely catching them. Going to be right in their tire tracks. Setting up for turn number one. Will Power is right up under the rear wing of Joseph Newgarden as they glide it through turn number two. Power's going to get a good run off at turn number two and head to Jay Query. And so we have teammates up front, and when they get to turn number three, it is Will Power that is taking the lead from Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon going to be the next to try to get past that Hitachi machine. Newgarden is an absolute sitting duck as Power takes over the race lead, but boy, Newgarden was able to hold Scott Dixon off an important part of the racetrack. How about this, though? Dixon gets the inside in turn five. That's not a place we see a lot of passing. Moves Scott Dixon into the fifth spot. Newgarden may not be done tumbling through the field. Here comes the champion, Alex Pelot. 
They're going to go wheel to wheel. Polo looking for third into turn seven. That's how quick these tires fall off. It might be time for Joseph Newgarden to come to pit road. Indeed, Alex Polo gets around Joseph Newgarden. So it's Power Dixon and Polo. Joseph Newgarden, who may be stopping very soon. As we see the leaders, Will Power making his way through turn number 11 against Scott Dixon on the charge. Did the leaders stay out too long? We'll watch it unfold. We pause 10 seconds for safe identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Gotta thank these stations for carrying today's race. WFDF, the Superstation here in Detroit. WCMI in Ashland, Kentucky. And our flagship, our flagship station in Indianapolis. WFNI, the fan. And Davey Hamilton. Pit stop strategy is starting to unveil itself. Joseph Newgarden led the first 13 laps. He has now slipped to fifth. Remains the only one on red. Simon Pagino is up to second. He's now seventh. Pato Award has dropped to eight. Delio Castro Nevis to tenth. Everyone else in the top ten. Power, Dixon, Pelo, Kirkwood through fourth. Rossi sixth. DeFrancesco ninth, Davey. All those guys on black. So let's explain the strategy to those listening. Well, I think with the strategy was with Rossi and Daly, a few of these guys early on trying to do a three-stopper, get those reds off quickly, put the blacks on. Seems to be paying off for these drivers. Now, Power, for example, leading this race, started on blacks. Jake Wearing. Big time incident there for Simon Pagino. Had to lock him up and skidded all the way. I don't know how he avoided contact in turn number three, but Mark, I would assume he had to have flat spotted some of those firestones. Simon Pagino through turn number three. And his teammate went to pit road. Let's check in with Joel Sebastianelli. Well, you know, Neves, a sec- seven and a half second stop out onto Blacks with a turn of wing. Ryan Marine. That's Roman Grosjean leaving his pit box. It was off of Reds and on to Blacks for Roman. We expect Colton Herta in soon. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. 16 of 70 laps complete. And Davey Will Powers got an awfully fast race car. Thing is, will this strategy with his tire management pay off for him in the long run? Yeah, I almost think I'd really, you know, I'd like to think that he has a nice lead. He's on the Blacks knowing that he has to go on these red tires, Mark. You might want to come in and pit, put those reds on, and literally come back in the next lap or two and put the blacks right back on so he doesn't lose much track time. Uh, well, Alex Pillow is another driver that has a pretty fast race car, Nick Yeoman, especially since he went to blacks. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Power, Dixon, Pillow, and Kirkwood are the four drivers still out of the racetrack that have not pitted on those black tires, and they're all starting to pull away. How about Simon Pagino? After that incident, Joel Sebastianelli, he's on pit lane. He is. They just put on a new set of tires. Doesn't appear to be any damage to that car. In and out in eight and a half seconds. So, Davey, you see Joseph Newgarden now. We've completed 17 laps. He's yet to come to pit road. He and Pato Award are for sure going after that two-stop strategy. Turn three. Scott McLaughlin just locked him up and missed turn number three. He is trying to spin it around and get in the right direction, but right now not able to do so. Now back under power is Scott McLaughlin. Really revving through that. I think he's going to have to be pushed, guys. Scott McLaughlin sits and watches the field go past. Mark, these drivers that are late stints on these red tires are locking them up here, heading into turn number three. It got away from Scott McLaughlin. And unfortunately, Davey, he might have killed it. Michael Young. 
Uh, Felix Rosenquist guys locked him up and nearly got into the turn seven barrier. He was running side by side with Dalton Kellett and almost got into the tires, but a nice save by Felix Rosenquist. Somehow, someway, Scott McLaughlin got it fired up long enough to back it up against the tire barrier. Davey, what a miraculous job he did of keeping that car running. Yeah, how about that? No yellow flag. A lot of these teams, I think, including Newgard, probably thought the yellow was coming out. It did not come out. That's okay. They're putting the blacks on. We'll see if he uh, where he files in. Joseph Newgard on pit road, Ryan. And it'll be a set of scuffed blacks for Newgard, who leaves the pits. Pato Award also in the pit lane. It's a major front wing adjustment. Three turns. Pato Award down and away. So, Davey, we have our answer. We can look and see now. We expect Marcus Erickson to come to pit road momentarily because we've got to that 18 lap mark, and that's right when that first fuel window was or that first pit window was supposed to open. Yeah, they're going to be able to make it on two stops at this point. That's absolutely right. Now, we'll just see they got the reds are gone, and I think Newgard's in really good position because he's on blacks from here out. He's the only car so far that's on the two-stop strategy with the reds out of the way. So now let's reset it for you with 19 laps complete next time by. Will Power is your leader. Scott Dixon is second. Alex Below is third. Kyle Kirkwood is fourth. Alexander Rossi is fifth. Devlin DeFrancesco is sixth. Marcus Erickson is seventh. Renas VK is eighth. David Malukas is ninth. Dalton Kellett is tenth. Connor Daly, eleventh. Twelfth, Rosenquist. Thirteenth, Jack Harvey. Fourteenth, Joseph Newgarden. Santino Ferrucci is fifteenth. Sixteenth, Takuba Sato. Seventeenth, Christian Lungard, Pato Award 18th, Tatiana Calderon 19th, Jimmy Johnson 20th, Simon Pagino 21st, Elio Castroneves 22nd, Colton Hurton 23rd, Grosjean 24th, McLaughlin 25th, 26th, Graham Rahal, Joel Sebastianelli. Marcus Erickson hasn't said much. He won't say much here on this pit stop either. Squealing out of his stall onto a new set of blacks with a splash of Speedway fuel. And I bet uh, he's one of those guys, Davey, that uh, is going to be awfully happy to get back out and get up to speed and be on those blacks. Everybody that's been on the reds and on the blacks now are very happy. Very happy indeed because those reds just go off too quickly. Now, uh, the ones that have to go to reds, we'll see what happens on, on, on that strategy. And they're going to hope for something to go their way. And you can see McLaughlin where those red tires just didn't have the stopping power either. He did a really good job of sliding in the runoff area without hitting anything, actually keeping it running. So it didn't do him any good. He's way back in the field, but an impressive save by him for sure. Uh, well, there's no question, Jake Query. It's a comfortable advantage for the front three. Will Power, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, they're all really separated uh, as they lead this field around uh, Belle Isle. All of them just went through turn number three. You wait as Alex Pillow goes goes off into the presumed horizon. Then you wait before Kyle Kirkwood comes in. And interestingly enough, the guy whose car he'll be driving next year, Alexander Rossi, right behind Kirkwood. Yeah, that may be the best battle on the racetrack as the front three are a good 13 seconds ahead of this battle for fourth. Kyle Kirkwood by about four or five car lengths over Alexander Rossi. They'll bend those cars to the right, put them on the back straightaway, and start to accelerate through the RPMs and those gearboxes. Kyle Kirkwood's advantage looks to be about six car lengths over Rossi down into turn seven. Yeah, about ten laps or so ago, Nick, it was Alexander Rossi on the charge, so I think those blacks may have peaked, and Kyle Kirkwood has fended off Rossi, at least for the time being. 
Kirkwood works his way through turn number 10. Now sets up for that right-hander of turn number 11. Rossi about four car lengths behind. Uh, slowly but surely, it looks like Alex Pillow is starting to draw a feed on his teammate, Scott Dixon. It might be a couple of laps before he catches up to him. And as I say that, and they work their way through turn number two, it looks like that Scott Dixon now is starting to gain, Jake, some measure of separation from Alex Pillow. Scott Dixon right now will call it 8 to 10 car lengths over Pillow again. Then those two have a huge separation, Nick, before you get to Kyle Kirkwood and Alexander Rossi, who are just now setting up for three. On the stopwatch, that uh, gap that you called uh, translates to about 1.5 seconds between Dixon and Pillow for second. But again, let's peek back to that battle for fourth because Rossi is all over Kirkwood through turns four and five. Now they'll set up for turn six. Rossi's got to within about a car length or two. They'll get onto that back straightaway. Those cars planted and start to roar up to speed. Looks like Kirkwood, though, another strong charge as they head down to turn seven. Yeah, Kyle Kirkwood trying to hold off Alexander Rossi, as Jake said. That will be the car that he will pilot in 2023. So Kirkwood works his way through the left-hander of turn number eight. Still has about four car lengths ahead of Alexander Rossi. Starts to get that car, stabs the brakes into turn number 11. Rossi about two car lengths behind this time through. They're doing double duty this weekend, running the IMSA Series Kyle Kirkwood also having to clear his uh, memory of the incident that he was involved in earlier this weekend in that rocket machine for A.J. Foyt. Kyle Kirkwood continues to hold up Alexander Rossi as they work their way through 13 and 14. And Elio Castro-Nevis is on pit road. Looks like an extended pit stop for a guy that we thought early would be a contender. Meanwhile, the battle continues between Kyle Kirkwood and Alexander Rossi to Jake Query. That battle right now has Kyle Kirkwood just about a car length and a half in front. As a matter of fact, Rossi a little bit tighter through turn number three, Nick. You referenced that incident that he had in practice, Mark. We saw on the grid in a bag of ice on his wrist, that being Kyle Kirkwood. So he is racing hurt, no doubt, but doing a good job holding off Alexander Rossi through turn number six. Back onto the back straightaway. Again, Kirkwood gets a nice launch. Looks like he'll hold Rossi off by about six car lengths. Yeah, the kid's got the stuff. Kyle Kirkwood sets up for that right-hander last time by. I did notice Elio Castroneves was not up to speed, and you had mentioned he is on pit lane, so potential issues for Elio Castroneves. But again, Kyle Kirkwood able to hold off Alexander Rossi. Again, about four car lengths through that right-hander of 11. Uh, David Malukas, uh, Connor Daly, pretty good battle between them. Uh, it looks like it, uh, Felix Rosenquist doing a good job holding off Jack Harvey as they try to tra- chase down Connor Daly. Tell you what, 24 laps complete next time by your top 10 will power Dixon below Kirkwood and Rossi the top five D Francesco VK Malukas Cotter Daly and Felix Rosenquist Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix Uh, 24 laps complete. Uh, will Power, Scott Dixon, Alex Below, Devlin D. Francesco, Redis VK, the top five. Malukas, Daly, Rossi, Kirkwood, and Harvey, the top ten. Doesn't look like there's going to be any fence climbing today. Joel Sebastianelli for Elio Castro as he came to pit road. He's gone three laps down. Yeah, they were having an issue with the steering on the 06 machine. Went to swap the steering wheel out. And what they did the first time didn't seem to fix the issue. So he's back in again. A lengthy, lengthy stop. And could be the last one if they can't get it figured out here under the Cowboys. This update brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Will Power has led 11 laps early, Ryan Marine. But he comes to the pits now, relinquishing that lead. It's a set of lightly scuffed blacks here for this stint. Speedway fuel going in. Now he's released. No 
changes for willpower. And we noticed, Davey, to pack that thing full of fuel takes just a little bit longer than it takes to change those four Firestone Firehawks. Yeah, especially when it's down on fuel. Uses all that fuel up, and the tank has to get completely full. So, yes, it does take a bit longer than the tree stoppers, but he looks like he's in good shape. He's still out ahead of quite a few of the two stoppers already. And we watched uh, the pit stops, Davey, during that commercial break. We were watching that battle between Kyle Kirkwood and Alexander Rossi. Kirkwood decided to come to pit road. Then Rossi came a lap later, both with another stint on blacks. Yeah, both with another stint on blacks. We've seen Rossi lock the tires up going down in turn three, almost lost the thing, but he gathered it back up. Didn't seem to do any flat spots on us. We see Sato also in turn three getting underneath uh, Santino Frucci. Uh, Joseph Newgarden got a little friendly with uh, Jack Harvey through four and five, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, that's the uh, battle for the ninth position. Joseph Newgarden just wrestled it aggressively away from Jack Harvey. How about Scott Dixon? He's going to make his first pit stop. He's on pit lane in front of Joel Sebastianelli. He was the starter highest up to go from the black tires. At the beginning, he goes on to reds, worked his way up from ninth to the lead, a nine-second stop for the PNC Bank Wolfpack. That went, the lead went to Alex Below, but Ryan Maria only for a short time. And it's the same strategy for Below as it is for his teammate. He goes off of blacks. This is that crucial spin on reds. Dixon beats him off of the pit lane. Below pulls out. He's back into the fight. Yeah, Scott Dixon easily beat him off of uh, pit road for sure. There's 26 left. Laps complete as we see other contenders of late coming to pit road daily. Among them, Connor Daly and Rita's VK. Yeah, they, this will be their second pit stop. VK worked his way back up to that sixth position, but it's going to change after he makes his stop. Joel. Slow stop for David Malukas. Looked like he had an issue firing it up through the gears as well. Lost probably about four seconds on his way out. Another set of blacks for the 18 team. Had a good run for him today so far, Davey. He's been consistently in the top ten. Not just today. What a great weekend for Malukas. That kid has really been on it this entire weekend. Hasn't put a wheel wrong. He's been fast, so hats off to him. I think he's really catching on to this IndyCar series and this in, these IndyCars and, and tracks. So uh, really good job by him. Uh, heard of VK. That's a pretty good battle. That's the battle for the 12 position, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, and it's Arenas VK in that uh, bright orange car, same paint scheme. He ran in a disappointing effort, the Indianapolis 500. He is all over the back of Colton Herdas. They make their way through turn number six. This on the racetrack, Mark, is a battle a little bit further. That's mid-pack for the 12th position, VK, with a strong charge, Michael, trying to get around Colton Herda. Yeah, he's got about two car lengths to make up before he can make his way around Colton Herda, and Colton has been involved with several battles throughout out the day as he comes in and then comes back out from his pit stops now trying to hold off Rita's VK at this point about two car lengths as VK then closes it down to about one as they make that right-hander through turn number 11. Uh, pretty good battle for the eighth position makes his way down the straightaway right now that is uh, Santino Ferrucci subbing for Callum Eilat and they're, they're trying to track down Takuma Sato they meaning Santino Ferrucci and Padua Ward and they're going to come into your view in turn three before long Jake Query. Sato just went into three. Ferrucci very quickly in front of Pata Award. Award will keep Ferrucci right there in front of him. He's on his rear wing. And then about four car lengths to, to, until you get to, to, to uh, in front of Takuma Sato. Pato definitely took a look into turn three, but simply ran out of room. So he has to get back in line through turns four, five, and six. It's a tough part of the racetrack to try to get side by side. Can Pato Award set up the young American down the back straightaway? Ferrucci's advantage is about two car lengths. 
And we know Ferrucci is fearless, especially here at Belle Isle, as he made that big run on Reds last year. He's got about a car length in front of Pato Award, but Pato again trying to make up that ground. Ferrucci through nine, now through turn number 10, but boy, Pato Award really drives it hard down into turn number 11, closes it up to about a half a car length. Alexander Rossi pretty much all by his lonesome in fourth with Kyle Kirkwood running just behind him in the fifth position. Joseph Newgarden to Kumasato. That's a battle I picked up a few moments ago. That one's pretty interesting. That's the battle for the sixth position. Meanwhile, Pato Award is making a strong charge. It looks like he's going to work his way around Santino Ferrucci. But again, Joseph Newgarden to Kumasato. The battle for sixth heads to Jay Query. That battle, again, finds itself behind the lap car of Scott McLaughlin, who had that incident. Now you wait about eight car lengths after that battle. Before Pata Award, he is starting to separate now from Ferrucci. Alexander Rossi, six car lengths behind them. So it's power by 4.3 seconds over Dixon. Another three seconds back to below. Rossi runs in fourth, Kirkwood fifth, and then that battle for the sixth position. Newgarden has it. Sato about four car lengths back as they head down to seven. Yeah, Newgarden trying to keep Takuma Sato behind him, but Sato makes a strong attempt into turn number seven to close that gap down. It's about three car lengths as Newgarden gets back on the throttle through turn number eight. Sato again closes that gap back down as Newgarden slams on the brakes into turn number 11. Again, Sato right there. Yeah, he's staying right in the tire tracks, no doubt about it, Davey Hamilton. Takuma Sato is really working over Joseph Newgarden. Yeah, he sure is. What a good run by Sato coming back. I remember he's going he's gonna to be pinning not in not much longer so Sato's going to cycle out here pretty soon. Elio Castro Evans will do no better than 25th today Joel. And he started in fourth in the Sirius XM Auto Nation machine. What happened? Uh, the dash just went blank. Uh, dark. Uh, right was was around the fountain. Then the shifting started going uh, agitating. Then I couldn't shift. Then the car was shutting off. And then it started getting really really interesting because on, on some of the braking points gears wasn't working. Uh, and then it got stuck in one gear, uh, nothing, the dash still completely dark. So uh, we decided to stop, uh, check the steering wheel, didn't do anything, and obviously something electrical, not something simple right in the car, but it's something uh, wiring and something something that we obviously have to uh, take to the, to the garage. Elio Castroneves out of the race. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Will Power is your leader. He has now led 14 laps on the day. Scott Dixon is currently second. Alex Below is third. Alexander Rossi is fourth. Kyle Kirkwood is fifth. Joseph Newgarden sixth. Takuma Sada was seventh. Pato Award is eighth. Simon Pagino is ninth. Marcus Erickson tenth. Colton Herta eleventh. Renas VK is twelfth. David Malukas thirteenth. 14th, Felix Rosequist. 15th, Connor Daly. 16th, Roman Grosjean. 17th, Devlin DeFrancesco. Santino Ferrucci is 18th. Jack Harvey is 19th. Christian Lungard is 20th. Dalton Kellen is 21st. And Jimmy Johnson is 22nd. A lap down in 23rd, Tatiana Calderon. Scott McLaughlin, 24th. Elio Castro Nevis, as you just heard, out of the race, 25th. Graham Rahal out of the race, completed just two laps today. He'll finish 26th at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Today's race is brought to you by Coors Light. 
the official beer of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. The American Dairy Association, winners drink milk. Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. It's nice to solidify something for 23, but at the same time, my entire focus is here right now with these guys. we got 11 races left. I want to work as hard as possible, so it's really not a focal point for me at all. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood talking about moving to Andretti Autosport next year, taking over Alexander Rossi as he moves to Errol McLaren. And uh, so far, so good for Kyle Kirkwood in terms of uh, not allowing that to become a distraction. Davey, he is currently P5. Yeah, running really good. I mean, he was fast P1 in the first practice here. So what a great job he did there. By the way, won the sports car race here yesterday. So plenty of laps around this place right now. Feels confident. And then A.J. Foyt racing car. So hopefully you have a good result because Kirkwood, like he said, he goes, I I am going to Andretti, but right now it's still still a job to be done, and that's try to win a race for A.J. Foyt. Uh, 32 laps complete. Power, Dixon, Pillow, Rossi, Kirkwood, and Joseph Newgarden through sixth. Seventh is Sato. Eighth is Pato Award. Ninth is Pagino, and tenth is Marcus Erickson. We mentioned going into the break, Jay Query, that Jimmy Johnson is currently 22nd. He's trying to keep from going a lap down to Will Power into turn number three. He's not going to do it because Power is going to go ahead and get inside of him and set sail. He set him up just going into turn number three. Will Power completed that pass by the time they left this quarter. And Will Power's advantage now grown to about 6.1 seconds over Scott Dixon. 8.6 seconds mark over Alex Pallone. To Ryan Marine. Takuma Sato gives up the seventh spot. It breaks off that fight he had with Joseph Newgarden. It's a slow stop, though, for the Dale Coyne Racing crew. Upwards of nine seconds, he goes to a set of sticker blacks. Uh, so Pato Award is the next one to attempt to draw a bead uh, on the car of Joseph Newgarden. Not able to do it just yet. Also a pretty good battle. Uh, features Colton Herta and Renas VK. Colton Herta has the tenth position, and Renas VK would like to have it. Meanwhile, a little, a, around that 7-8-9 complex, looks like uh, Alexander Rossi is trying to draw a bead on uh, the car of, well, maybe he just passed the car of Kyle Kirkwood. He just got past Kyle Kirkwood, Michael Young. Yeah, it was a pretty good pass down here to turn number seven, and uh, it was uh, quite the move for Kyle Kirkwood. So uh, that young man in A.J. Foyt Racing, as we just had said, he is on the charge of trying to get a good finish for that uh, number 14 team. Yeah, pretty good spacing right now through the first ten positions, but uh, again, I still think that Pato Award has a little something for Joseph Dugarden. He looks pretty strong through turn number one. Glides it back to the left through turn number two with Jake Query before the long. That battle will come to you. That's the battle for sixth. Newgarden and Pato Award. Joseph Newgarden has the sixth position. That number five machine, the Arrow McLaren SP of Pato Award, would like to get it. But, Nick, he's got about three car lengths to make up off turn number three. A year ago, these two put on an absolute thriller in the closing laps. It was Pato Award running down Joseph Newgarden. And as they made their way down the back straightaway, which both drivers are about to jump on, they did a little wheel bang with Pato Award taking that race win. He's got about four car lengths to make up on Joseph Newgarden. 
Yeah, he's making his way slowly but surely and closing that gap as Newgarden makes his way through turn number seven. I'd like to correct, that was Tatiana Caldero, Kirkwood way behind Alexander Rossi. So it was uh, the Kirkwood and uh, Tatiana Caldero machine that I saw a little bit earlier. But Pato Ward, Joseph Newgarden, Pato is certainly trying to make up that ground, looking very good down here in the interloop. 35 laps complete, Davey. Uh, let's look at the top five or six. They all last pitted around lap 24 or 25. That's Power, Dixon, Below, Rossi, and Kirkwood. Newgarden, Pottawa Ward, Pagino, Erickson, and Herta through 10th. Last pitted on lap 17 or 18. Peer into your crystal ball. But tell us as a race strategist what this means moving forward. Well, I think they, the last stop needs to be 44 laps, really. I mean, you could do it maybe in the 42, 43 lap range where you're going to have to save a little bit of fuel. But if you can make it to 40, Four to 45 laps, you're in pretty good shape. And a lot of these cars are, you know, like Dixon, Power, they're they're in good shape to do that. So the question is, when does Rossi come in? When does Kirkwood come in? A few of these other drivers that still need to make. Matter of fact, this New Garden, when you know he last pitted on 18, he needs to wait for a while for sure. So at some of the, the you know, Power Dixon, like I say, Pelot, he's also looking really good. How about Rossi? I think he's already made two, finds himself a fourth spot. He's one of the stronger cars out there, and uh, fa- the fastest car on the three-stop strategy. Michael, was that Tatiana Calderon that took a rather erratic entrance into turn number seven and almost stacked up a couple of cars? Well, she certainly did, and I'm thinking that she was maybe leaving her teammate Kyle Kirkwood around. Kyle was about three or four car lengths behind her, and as she came off of that turn number seven or entered turn number seven, she swung it really wide, and Kirkwood made it easily around her. Yeah, she was uh, trying to help out her teammate, but uh, right now she's got a couple of fast race cars that are kind of bottled up behind her, and uh, Pottawa Ward is going to try to get to the inside of Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden's able to hold him off, but you'll see those two really tightened up this time as they head to Jake Query in turn number three. That's Newgarden Award, the battle for six. Yeah, and it is tighter than last time passed, no question about it. Newgarden has his teammate, a lap down, Scott McLaughlin just in front of him, but Pata Award trying to get in on that rear wing of the Hitachi machine. Eighth place running Simon Pagino also dispatches of Tatiana Calderon, so he'll set his sights on that really good battle we've been tracking for the sixth position. New Garden and O'Ward. They are making their way onto the back straightaway. New Garden's advantage about four car lengths over Pato Award. So Joseph Newgarden again has been had his mirrors full of Pato Award most of this day as Pato has been dogging him for the last 10 laps or so. But this time through, it's Joseph Newgarden with a good advantage, about eight car lengths already through turn number 10, now working that right-hander of turn number 11. Newgarden again about five over Pato Award. And it's not going to be too much longer before the battle for third is going to get interesting. Now, Will Power has about a 10-second lead over Scott Dixon, but Dixon knows, I think, that Alex Pillow has started to creep up on him. But Pillow, Jake Query, you'll notice the next time they come to turn three, Pillow's going to notice Alexander Rossi, who gets a really strong run toward turn three. This is all happening well after Will Power went through the area. But the issue now, Nick, for Alex Pillow, he's on those softer red compound tires, and he knows his mirrors are filling up with Alexander Rossi. Yeah, he's got five problems. Four of them are alternate red tires, the fifth being Alexander Rossi, who is on the primary blacks that uh, preferred tire out of turn number six. Rossi is closed to within about four car lengths. He is running down that Ganassi duo, Michael, who are holding on on those red tires. Yeah, he's done a heck of a 
job in this last handful of laps has Alexander Rossi trying to get the max out of those blacks. Alex Pillow is right in front of him, but slowly but surely he's closed that gap on Alex Pillow, and Pillow has got his mirrors full of that number 27 Napa Auto Parts machine. Pretty obvious, Davey, where those reds go, they go, huh? Oh, it's terrible. And I mean, those things go bad, and we, all the drivers talked about that earlier. It's just, what do you do? What's the strategy? Some of the better handling cars are risking it. They're risking that they're going to go as long as they can before they take them off. And, and uh, you know, we see Newgard do it, but where's it going to all cycle out? We see Rossi not do that. They got off him very immediately. He seems to be the fastest one that's going to that three-stop strategy period to get and, and majority of the racing on blacks. It may pay off for him. Nick, you called it. I mean, somebody to keep an eye on for sure. And Rossi makes the pass to turn three. Uh, Jake? Just got inside of him in turn number three. So Alexander Rossi now clears Alex Pelot. His next target, Pelot's teammate, Scott Dixon. Boy, what a pass in turn three. It was a late charge under the defending NTT IndyCar Series champ. But once he's made that pass, he's already put about three car lengths between himself and Pelot. Still has about 12 to 15 car lengths to make up to Scott Dixon. But, Michael, it might just be a matter of time. Yeah, I think he got that mo going on that back straightaway. Got a little bit in that strip slipstream of Scott Dixon, but Dixon about 10 car lengths ahead. But you could visibly see Alexander Rossi close that gap between he and Scott Dixon. Dixon now through 11, and right there is Alexander Rossi. Uh, 39 laps complete next time by Power, Dixon, Rossi, Pelot, Kirkwood, the top five. Newgarden, Award, Pagano, Erickson, and Herner, the top 10 here at Belle Isle. are listening to the NTT IndyCar Series on these great stations, WIMC in Crawfordsville, Indiana, WWNB in Newburgh, North Carolina, and WLIN in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Davey Hamilton, let's take a look at Will Power's strategy, last pitted on lap 25. He's got one more stop to make, but he must go to Reds. Yeah, that's the problem, and if he can stretch this out and go as long as he can on this stint, um, you know, go to lap 51, 52, 53, somewhere in there, if he make it to 55, that's the best case scenario. The longer he can go before he has to put those reds on, because they, we know how fast they fall off, but that only leaves 15 laps for him to have to finish up on the reds. Not a complete full stint, but close to it. Uh, Man, you got it's risky. You got Power, Dixon, Rossi, Pillow, and Kirkwood the top five. Newgarden, Award, Pagino, Erickson, and Herta the top ten. Checking back in on that battle for the second position. Jake Query, it's like it's summertime and you're at the family picnic and you've got that pesky little fly that absolutely will not go away. And right now, that's exactly what Alexander Rossi is to Scott Dixon as they head to turn number three. And Scott Dixon is well aware of the fact that Alexander Rossi had already dispatched of Alex Pelot, Dixon's teammate. Again, Dixon on those red tires. Nick, you could tell that grip was going away on Dixon as he left turn number three. It is, but it is hard not to be impressed with how good of a job Scott Dixon has done here over the last several laps to hold Alexander Rossi off. But boy, Rossi is all up underneath the gearbox as they exit turn number six. Is the charge for Scott Dixon out of that final corner good enough to hold him down the front of that back straightaway? It's about five car lengths. They head to turn seven. Maybe a crack in that ice, and Scott Dixon may need to come back down to pit lane as he hangs on to those reds. Alexander Rossi is on the charge. He closes it down to about two car lengths as Dixon swings his way into turn number 11. Rossi's right there, breaking deep to that right-hander. Well, maybe there's no question. The advantage comes for Alexander Rossi when it comes to breaking because he's on the blacks and he has more grip because Dixon has the better straight-line speed. Yeah, he does. Well, Dixon's the car is 
is handling really, really good. But you watch, even at the straight line speed, it's going to start falling off as well. He's going to lose momentum going through these corners. He's not going to be able to come off the corners. Well, we see right there going to one. Dixon's car slides around where Rossi isn't. Coming off of turn two right now, Rossi's right on his tracks. Has more momentum. Don't know if he has enough to pass going down into turn three or not. He's going to give it a shot. Jake, yes. Jake Query. Rossi just cleared Scott Dixon. Now the challenge for him is to try to get to Will Power. Nick Power has checked him out, but the issue, of course, for Power, he still has to go to softer red tires. Yeah, that bleed for Power was at 15 seconds. With Rossi having to play around with Scott Dixon, it's grown to about 18 seconds. So now the charge begins for Alexander Rossi to try to run down Will Power. Michael, he's got a long way to go, but Rossi already putting Scott Dixon in his dust. Yeah, about four car lengths. How big is that 18-second lead for Will Power? He's already to turn number 12 before I even see Alexander Rossi entering turn number 7. But that gap for Alexander Rossi as he takes over that second position, already up to four car lengths as he's through 11. We saw Simon Pagino come to pit road, Joel. An eight-second stop onto Blacks from eighth position. They told him as he came out, they'll need a big fuel number. And uh, Dave, you're starting to see some of the front runners laid out a little bit. We're hearing Pelot, Kirkwood, maybe a couple of others thinking about coming to pit road. Yeah, and it's time. It's, they need to do it. I mean, I know it's a little bit early. they got to hold on as long as they can. The pit window does open the next lap, but then that means that they have to go. For, as a matter of fact, close on pit lane right now. Yeah, Alex Pelot is coming to pit road, and Ryan Marie will call the stop. So for Alex Pelot, it's going to be a set of scuffed black tires to take him the rest of the way. It's been a nice steady run. He was a hard charger in that opening stint. You're asking him if he wants to do a change to the front wing. Yes, they do. Just a slight one. On go the tires. The Speedway Fuel and Alex Pelot is down and away. This update from the pit brought to you by Speedway Official Fuel and Convenience Store of IndyCar. Behind Alex Rossi, we are watching a pretty good battle as we get to the next round of stops. Fourth place running Kyle Kirkwood. Fifth place running Joseph Newgarden. And sixth place running Pottawa Ward. All head to Michael Young in turn seven. And they're stacked on top of each other. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Kirkwood already makes his way through turn number eight, the left-hander. And then Joseph Newgarden is there. The guy that's really on the charge is Pottawa Ward. He makes his way onto that rear wing of Joseph Newgarden. There again, throw a blanket over him as they make their way through 11. Yeah, it seems like uh, over the last 15, 20 laps or so that uh, Joseph of Newgarden and Pottawa Ward have been all but glued together and they are staying that way. Scott Dixon among those peeling off and going to pit road. Newgarden, Pottawa Ward going to pit road. Joel Sebastianelli. Scott Dixon is in. He'll go from reds to blacks. Joseph Newgarden and Pottawa Ward cross him. Dixon is out right behind them in about nine seconds. Ryan Marine. Here comes Joseph Newgarden, slides to a stop. This should be the final stop for the Hitachi crew. Pato Award getting just behind him. So a good stop for Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award as they go off of pit road. They go off of pit road the same way, Nick Yeoman, that they came on to pit road. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden is going to lead Pottawa Ward, and they both, it looks like they got ahead of Alex Pillow as well as they all barrel down into turn number three. They've got those cold tires, Mark, so they're going to have to regather it. How about a late pass attempt by Takuma Sato? He has the door slammed shut by the NTT IndyCar Series champ. Uh, th that, was, uh, that was a rare bit, uh, day, uh, uh, Nick Yeoman, of uh, discretion being the better part of valor on the part of Takuma Sato. He Almost took both drivers out. And Sato not always known for that, but Alex Pillow now kind of becomes the one on the attack as he is all over Pato Award. They're both trying to chase down Joseph Newgarden as they head down to turn number seven. 
Yeah, it's been a heck of a battle as that continues. Joseph Newgarden and the Machine of Pato Award around Alex Paloa. Joseph Newgarden looks to be the quickest of that threesome. Joseph Newgarden, four carlings ahead of Pato Award, and then Paloa about two legs, carlings behind Pato Award. Yeah, for whatever the reason, it seems like you get into uh, race conditions and guys seem to be stuck together. Let's go to pit road as pit stops continue, and uh, Joel Sebastianelli has Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson is in. They give him a splash of fuel, and he'll go out onto the black tire as a standard stop to finish off. Yeah, pretty good run underway for Joseph Newgarden and uh, Pottawa Ward, and, uh, and now Marcus Erickson going to try to cycle back in, Davey, but it seems like Newgarden and Award have been together for about the last eight laps on the racetrack. Yeah, they sure have, and I think it's really going to come down to what can Power do on Reds in this final stint, honestly. Can he hold off Rossi? I think Rossi's in the catbird seat right now. He's been fast. I think the strategy that he is used, and that team is used is really really good to get off those reds immediately and not run very many laps he's been he's made up a lot of time i can't remember kirkwood as well he's looking good in that third position that aj foy car new names up towards the top right now but don't forget dixon and new garden are finished their pit stops are over they're ready to go to the end of the race okay davy uh, will power uh last pitted on lap 25 uh we are at lap 46 right now does he try to get to lap 50 you think he needs to go as far as he can as we see Rossi coming in right now. Four tires on, takes and, and fuel. Looks like a really good stop. Adds a little bit of nose wing. Quick stop for Rossi. He's back out. We'll see where he files in. But uh, Dixon, I'm sorry, Power needs to go as far as he can go because those red tires are going to fail him fairly quickly in that last Joel, day. you didn't say anything out of the ordinary on that stop, did you? No, I did not. Back out onto the blacks. It's been a fairly calm day for Alexander Rossi. So it looks like Alexander Rossi is going to cycle back in. It looks like Jake Query, is he going to get out in front of Scott Dixon into turn number three? He is in front of Scott Dixon in turn three. And Renas VK is in front of him. VK's tires have been locked up the last two times by. We'll see how that affects the grip of that 21 car. And that is huge for Rossi to get out ahead of Scott Dixon. Dixon's tires are up to temperature, so he's starting to close on Alexander Rossi. But in terms of this alternate strategy trying to counter Will Power, looks like Alexander Rossi might be in the catbird seat, Michael, as he's starting to charge down to turn seven. Yeah, he's been strong once he got around Dixon last time. For that move to happen and that crew to do, that kind of pit stop was key for Alexander Rossi. He's seven car lengths ahead of Scott Dixon. Then it's about 14 car lengths back to Joseph Newgarden. Alexander Rossi already exiting turn number 11. However, if you're Will Power, Davey. Yes, you must go to the Reds, but you've made it to lap 47 now, and the lead is 27, almost 28 seconds for Will Power. That's huge. Yeah, that's a huge lead right now. He needs to extend that, go until the fuel's gone. Hopefully he can make it to that 50, 55 mark and only has like that 15 laps. He's going to be fast on those Reds for the first five laps, but after that, they're going to fall off massively. Now, if he has... You know, a five-second lead, I don't think that's enough. I think you need more like a 10-second lead once that pit stop's done. So, uh, for all the tents and purposes, depending on how these pit stops go, Davey, uh, I mean, Alexander Rossi getting off the pit road in front of Scott Dixon, that if things don't go well for Will Power, that could hand him the race win. That could be move of the race right there for that team. And, and the move of the race started early by bringing him in really early, getting him off of those red tires on that third or fourth lap, I think. It's very early in this race. And, and that was the key. Get off the reds as fast as you can. He, he didn't have to drive a bad car because those reds are good for, you know, six, seven, eight laps. And then they start falling off. And that team chose, you know, get off those things while, the, while we can. 
Okay, so 48 laps complete. Uh, Will Power is your leader, leader. Kyle Kirkwood, Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgard in the top five, but Kyle Kirkwood's going to pit road, Joel. Kyle Kirkwood is in. This is the moment of truth. They'll go on to Reds for the first time. Looking for his second top ten in IndyCar from second position. It's about a nine-second stop. He is down and away in the 14 Rocket Chevrolet. 49 laps complete next time by at the Detroit Grand Prix. I love the physicality of Detroit. You know, it really is a difficult circuit to master. It's, it's full concrete, so it's kind of the opposite of Toronto in a way that you, you have concrete mixed in at Toronto where you've got to, you know, work on transitions from pavement to concrete. Uh, concrete is, is typically more slippery before you get it rubbered up. So, you know, you start the weekend at Detroit with very low confidence and trying to build that confidence throughout the weekend and actually, uh, you know, get the car hooked up when, when everything's uh, really rubbered up is, to me, the challenge of that place, not losing that confidence before that point comes. Lap 50, Ryan Marine, a bit of a slow stop for Will Power. Yep, it was a bobble on the left rear for the Verizon Chevrolet, pitting from the lead. No changes, a tear-off off the aero screen, and crucially, those red tires to go the distance. The Verizon crew doesn't look too upset about it, all things considered. He's back out, Comes and out. we'll see how it shakes out. Comes out with a lead of two seconds. It's not so good for Kyle Kirkwood, Joel Sebastianelli. Even slower stop to a halt, and they've cut the engine in the 14 pit box. Kissed the wall, coming out of the corner, bent the left rear. His day is done. Stayed in the car for about a minute until getting out just now with his head in his hands, getting a hug from the crew, obviously devastated. And otherwise, brilliant day coming to an end. Well, if Alexander Rossi's going to catch the leader, Will Power, he's got to get around Dalton Kellett to do it, Michael Young. Yeah, and he's about a half a car length behind Dalton Kellett. So Kellett's teammate sits on pit lane. His day is done. We'll see if Rossi can dispatch of that lap car. He'll close into about a half a car length. Dalton Kellett will lead Alexander Rossi. The lap Dalton Kellett will see if Rossi can get around in 12. So the good news, Davey Hamilton for Will Power. He certainly minimized the damage by going to pit road when he did. He sure did. He has a nice big lead. The only thing that's going to hurt him right now, don't want to say what that is because we don't want it to happen. But there is there's only one thing that's going to keep Will Power from winning this race. And I don't think that's Rossi on track going as fast as he can. Right now, 16-second lead, Mark. And, and I just don't think right now with only 19 laps to go, that's a second lap. He, he may be able to pull it off, but uh, we'll see. What a, what a good strategy to try. But Rossi and Power, obviously the best strategies of the day. Well, it's going to be a full field rundown with 51 laps complete. 19 to go. Will Power, Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award the top five. Below, Pagino, Erickson, Herta, and VK the top ten. Rosequist, Malukas, Francesco, Connor Daly 14th. Takuma Sato is 15th. Roman Grosjean is 16th. 17th, Jack Harvey. 18th, Christian Lugard. Now a lap down at 19th, Dalton Kellett. 20th, Scott McLaughlin. 21st, Santino Ferrucci. 22nd, Jimmy Johnson. Two laps down at 23rd, Tatiana Calderon. 24th, Kyle Kirkwood, who is out of the race. 25th is Elio Castro-Nevis and 26th, Graham Rahal. Will Power is plus 15 on the day. Felix Rosenquist is plus 14. Alec Pillow has gained 12 spots. Alexander Rossi is plus 9 and Devlin Francesco is plus 8. Will Power has led 37 laps. Joseph Newgarden 13. Alex Pillow 1. Dixon 1. And Davey, when you're figuring strategy and pit strategy, you'd like to think that you're going to get some assistance from one or two cautions, but goose eggs up in that category so far today. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and that's it's really what power, I, I think Newgar, I'm sorry, what Rossi may need to catch up with power, but maybe not. Here's the deal. He is 15 seconds back right now. He was 16 the lap before. Rossi made up one second that lap. So with, uh, with 18 to go, it's going to be tight. I mean, Will Power is not going to just give it up and let him just pass by, but it's going to be really tight right now. The way the math comes out, if he continues one second lap on Power, which he should be able to do, I would have to think, that would put him you know, winning by just uh, on the last few laps. Time now for our Minute with Mario, presented by Ruoff Morgans. This week's question comes from H. Michael Crawford in Louisville, Kentucky, who wants to know what era Mario think was the most exciting, and we ask him what it was like racing against his son, Mike. <laughs> My wife, Deanne, used to say to me sometimes, even in 86, you know, when Michael had a few pickup problems, you know, and he had a certain win. And uh, Tim, you know, right at the very end, with about, you know, the seven one hundredths of a second, Deanne says, uh, how could you do that? Is your son. I said, very easy, no problem. Well, I think it was uh, probably the uh, late 80s uh, when uh, Hart was uh, at its peak. I think a competition and everything else, and uh, I derive uh, a tremendous amount of satisfaction in '87, for instance. Uh, I experienced probably the best month ever. That, that's the only time I really felt this time they have to beat me because I was quick as every single practice. We even won the uh, pits up competition, and uh, we really had that car dialed in. And um, you know, we were quickest every single day that we were on the track and uh, on pole and uh, in the race. We had that setup so much in the sweet spot that uh, in the race I never had a car that responded like that. And a Minute with Mario is presented by Ruoff Mortgage. For a fast mortgage process, apply online at Ruoff.com. And want to invite you, as always, to email your questions for Mario to radio at uh, IndyCar.com. And maybe we will use your question on a future broadcast. And since we last talked about the gap, Davey Hamilton, Alexander Rossi has shaved it down to 13.8 seconds. That's right. I mean, <laughs> it was 15, then it was 14 and a half. Now it's 13.8, so it really is averaging one second lap. Now, right now, there's only one car in between Will Power and Rossi, and that's Rossi's teammate, uh, DeFrancesco. So I'm sure that he'd let Rossi by fairly rapidly, but uh, Rossi's going for it. If he stays mistake-free, he's going to be there with a few laps to go. Right on, And I'm going to have to think that Power's tires will be absolutely shot by that time. Uh, Nick Yeoman, it doesn't look like Joseph Dugard is shaking loose from Pottawa Ward. That's the battle for Ford now. Boy, those two have just been going at it for about the last 20 to 30 laps. It's not going to be for the race win. Right now, it's for the fourth position. Back onto the back straightaway. New Garden with about a three or four car length advantage over Pottawa Ward. And they make their way through that inner loop. Again, about a four-car length advantage for Joseph Newgarden. Pato Award hanging tough as they make their way through turn number eight and nine. Again, Joseph Newgarden trying to fend off Pato Award. Let's go down to pit lane and Joel Stavashinelli. With Kyle Kirkwood, most importantly, you have an ice pack on your right hand. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm all right. You know, the hand's been bothering me since practice two um, yesterday and almost in race now, but... 
our rack unfortunately didn't it didn't well fortunately it didn't come from my hand it just came from a mistake on cold tires um, I feel really bad for the 14 guys because we were on for I think a top 10 finish there for sure and uh, we had we had pretty good pace so um, super disappointing yeah we missed a lot of time in, in practice due to the wreck and been fighting an injury for this in the past couple of days but um, yeah that, that that mistake was just due to um, due to cold tires not my hand will you be good to go do you think the injury's gotten any worse um, I mean it was definitely worse today than it was yesterday in qualifying but um, tomorrow I go see a specialist and I'll let you guys know later this week Best of luck. Thank you, Kyle Kirkwood. Not a total loss, though. He did jump in the fountain as an IMSA winner with Lexus and Vassar Sullivan yesterday. Uh, David, just got to look at Will Power. He had to work a little harder than he wanted to to get around Devlin Francesco. Not a good idea to, to, to climb all the brakes to the point you were bringing up a lot of brake smoke. You don't want to you don't want to flat spot those already delicate reds. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what he did. And you got to remember, uh, DeFrancesco, that is, that's Rossi's teammate. So he's going to do all he can to try to hold up Will Power to get Rossi up there uh, and give him opportunity. But I don't think Rossi needs any help. Right now, he continues to click off a second a lap. There it is again. He's down to 12.3 seconds with 14 laps to go. So it's going to come down to where at lap two, maybe three. Uh, although I think these Firestone Reds on Power's car are going to start dropping off. I think Rossi may gain more than two seconds a lap here coming up. Newgarden and award the battle for fourth to Jay Query. It's a pretty good battle. Newgarden, as a matter of fact, as he exited turn number three, got just a little squirrely on the rear end of the car. Pata Award is about 15 or so yards behind him. Yeah, those drivers again battling for the fourth spot. Scott Dixon got him all by himself alone in third, but it's Newgarden by about four car lengths over Pato Award as they make the bend through the right-hander of turn number six. Both of those Chevrolets start to accelerate down the back straightaway. Yeah, and for that lead back to Will Power, he exits the inner loop and Alexander Rossi's already to turn number eight. Back to our battle for that fourth position. Joseph Newgarden holding off Pato Award. Again, about seven or eight car lengths. It seems like that back straightaway is better for Joseph Newgarden. He's able to get back onto that throttle, exiting turn number 11. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh, 58 laps complete. Next time by Will Power is holding on. 12.2 seconds to lead over Alexander Rossi, who's on a hard charge. Power on the reds. Rossi is on the blacks in the closing laps here with 13 to go. It's Will Power, Rossi, Dixon, Newgarden, Pato Award, the top five. It's up below. Pagino, Erickson, Herta, and VK, the top ten. And uh, Davey Hamilton, we're seeing a tenth here and a tenth there every lap. Yeah, and it's going to be more than that as those reds wear off. Another thing to look at is the push to passes. Very key as well because if if Rossi can catch up to power, that push to pass down the straightaway is going to be key for power to defend. That's where the passing zones are. He has 41 seconds left. Rossi just 27. So if, if power can save that for that last few laps, that could help him out as well. Uh, well, Rossi's gotten bottled up a couple of times behind some slower race cars, Davey, and that's made a difference. That's helped Will Power. 
Oh, for sure. And and Will Power can run into the same thing. You know, who knows? You just that's luck of the draw. Where you run into lap lap cars, for example, Kellett is on, running a pretty good pace. That's where Rossi got held up behind him, but he wasn't really holding him up that much. Just took him a little extra time to get by him. As now the lead drops to 11.7, so he continues to to knock it down with uh, 12 laps to go. Mark, it's, it's going to be a great finish. Uh, well, front four or five have gained some measure of separation, but Jake Query, that battle for fourth is still not over. New Garden and Pato Award. And all of a sudden, Alex Pelot wants to get a good look at that. Pelot just worked his way through turn number three. Those other two pretty evenly spaced. Nick, we'll call it five car lengths between each of them. Yeah, it's a good pickup, Jake, on Alex Pelot starting to charge into the mix on that battle. He's about six car lengths behind Pato Award, who runs in the fifth position. Uh, again, Newgarden sitting in fourth, about a second ahead of Award. Michael's the head to seven. Yeah, he had a really nice run down that back straightaway. Pato Award about six car lengths behind, and then... Alex Pelot about six carbons behind. But back up front, guys, Alexander Rossi got around Tatiana Calderon, the only car separating he and Will Power, his teammate Devlin DeFrancesco. Pagino and Erickson, that's a pretty good battle, Michael Young. It's the battle for seventh, setting up for turn eight. Yeah, that's been a fun one to watch as Simon Pagano makes his way through turn number 11. Marcus Erickson really drives it deep into that right-hander, was able to close it down to about a car length that time through. Will Powers, your leader, Davey Hamilton. Tatiana Calderon has been instructed by race control to let cars go by. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, she's, she's just getting laps out there. Don't impede the finish of this race for anybody. If you're off the pace, just deal with it. Pull over. You get, let him go by. You continue to race. Learn more and more about uh, what it takes to be an IndyCar driver. And right now, it's going to be key for her to get out of some of these drivers' way. 59 laps complete. Uh, Michael Young working uh, to complete lap 60 as Will Power with an 11-second lead to turn 7. Yeah, but it's a visual drop-off in that lead. Will Power works his way through turn number 8, now through turn number 9, and here comes Alexander Rossi, his teammate Devlin DeFrancesco, a lapped car, about 10 car lengths separate. DeFrancesco slow through turn 8, and now through turn number 9, Rossi closing in. Once he gets around his teammate, it's just he and Will Power to the end of this race. Well, but the thing about it is, Davey, uh, he's got some, as we said, some traffic he's got to work around. His teammate Devlin DeFrancesco I'm sure is going to let him by, but Will Power, the last three laps, Davey, has been able to keep that gap in about 12 seconds. That's huge. He, he actually ran a faster lap that last lap than Rossi did. Now he needs to be careful and not wear those reds out too much, and I think maybe that's what Will's doing, trying to pace himself on those reds where they'll last a little bit longer. But right now, we see Rossi, his teammate's going to pull over for him, go down in turn three, going to give him clear track right now. The, the lead is back to 12 seconds, so Power gained a little bit more. 10 to go with 12 seconds. Uh, it's going to be right now. It's looking good for power, but he needs to make sure he manages what's left of those red tires. And uh, Joseph Newgarden has started to gain some measure of distance, Nick Yeoman. Matter of fact, the car of Tatiana Calderon now in between Pato Award, Alex Below. Yeah, that's uh, going to play a factor. There's no doubt about it as uh, Newgarden holds down that fourth position. He is not uh, in any way trying to threaten Scott Dixon as Dixon's about 25 car lengths ahead. In fact, the battle may be for Pato Award and Alex Pelot. Can they get around Tatiana Calderon as they set up for turn seven? Yeah.
have Ottawa Ward uses that car as a pick, and he will get around Tatiana Calderon. Now Alex Pelot kind of held up because there's no way to really work your way around. Actually, he does as Tatiana Calderon slows down between turns 8 and 9, so that gives clean track to Alex Pelot through to 11. Uh, nine laps to go, Davey. Will Power, Rossi, Dixon, Newgarden award the top five. Pelot, Pagino, Erickson, Herta, and VK the top ten. Rosenquist, 11th. Belukas is 12th. Daly, 13th. Sato, 14th. Grosjean, 15th. Lungard is 16th. 17th, Jack Harvey. A lap down, 18th. Devin Francesco, 19th. Scott McLaughlin, 20th. Dalton Kellett, 21st. Santino Ferrucci, 22nd. Jimmy Johnson, two laps down in 23rd. Tatiana Calderon, out of the race in 24th. Kirkwood, 25th. Castro Nevis, 26th. Graham Rahal, Davey, the lead again, holding steady at 12 seconds with nine laps to go. Yeah, how about this for a time? A 1.17.96 for, for power. A 1.18 flat, almost identical times for Rossi. Didn't gain that lap, so you're right. 12 second even with nine laps to go. Favoring power right now, but these tires, they're going to start dropping off a little bit more now. Right now, he's doing a masterful job. And as they go by the booth here, obviously, Mark, we can see that, you know, it's a big lead right now. And I don't know, it's a lot to catch up in that short amount of time. Uh, well, one thing's for sure, Davey. We're watching him on our, our multi-screen monitors. He came dangerously close to the wall there at the exit of turn number 13. I mean, he is doing all he can to baby those reds. Yeah, he sure is. And he's got, the next car in front of him right now is is uh, the, v, uh, the high V car right now of Harvey. And hopefully Harvey will play nice. They're, it's a Chevrolet against the Honda, so who knows if he will. But he's catching him pretty rapidly, and it's going to be key for power to get by these lap cars as Dixon goes by right now in third. Uh, well, Alexander Rossi uh, did able, he was able to shave a couple of tenths off of it. That time by, Davey, is now down to 11.4 seconds. 11.4, eight laps to go. Not going to get it done at that pace. He needs to pick up a little bit more. Got to remember another thing. The black tires do wear out, too. I mean, right. they slow down as they go as well, but just not as, they're not as much as the reds. So, I think Will Power, masterful drive for him on those reds. We haven't seen anybody, anybody so far today uh, keep the consistency of speed as power on those red tires. Well, Davey, I think, too, it's a matter of just the timing of the stops for Will Power as well. I mean, he came back out and had a massive lead. Of course, he had accumulated a massive lead thanks to the timing of his pit stops earlier in the race. I think when he went to pit road, he had a lead of 35 seconds. That is huge. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely huge, and that's that tells you how big of an advantage staying on those red tires for both those entire stints were. I mean, he was able just to really take advantage of everybody on, on the on the reds and the blacks just they were super fast. That's the bottom line. We'll see this time by as we see power go by. We'll see where Rossi comes right here, Mark. He shows it right coming up. How many seconds? Out? Ten. Ten seconds even. Yeah. Another second gone right there. But the laps keep clicking down with seven to go. That ten seconds. If he could just, if he can keep it to a second lap that he's losing, he's going to be in good shape. Uh, Want to peek in on a race for seventh, which has been interesting for the last handful of laps. It's between Simon Page and your Indy 500 champion Marcus Erickson. It works its way off of turn number one, setting up for turn number two. Now, Jake, you'll see it come to you soon with Will Power leading by 9.8 seconds. 
seconds. And when they come into this area, they do so with Simon Pagano and Erickson behind them in complete sun. That is new in the last quarter of this race. Not sure how it's changed the elements, but Marcus Erickson, Nick, is trying to close in on Simon Pagano. Yeah, there's no doubt that that uh, battle continues to tighten up. It's about four car lengths with Pagano, the advantage over the Indy 500 winner, Marcus Erickson. Back out of the back straightaway. They'll start to accelerate. Pagano got a nice charge. They are catching one of those lap cars. It is Tatiana Calderon down into turn seven. Yeah, and he will catch him. Speaking of Simon Pagano, right at the entrance of turn number eight, Tatiana Calderon keeps into that throttle, so Simon Pagano will have to negotiate around her with that hard-charging Marcus Erickson. Boy, Marcus Erickson really closes down that gap to a car length out of 11. And uh, Colton Herta is hoping to join that battle as Tatiana Calderon holds that duo up. Herta's got some work to do. Six left to go. Davey Hamilton for Will Power. He's got a lead of 9.4 seconds over Alexander Rossi. Yeah, I think what's going to hurt him, potentially hurt him, is that high V car of Jack Harvey could hold him up. You remember, Harvey's racing as well, but right now he's caught up to him. That dirty air that he's getting right now is affecting him. It's slowing him down. Last lap, a 118.2 to a 117.5 of Rossi, and you got to look at Harvey running a 119.1, quite a bit off the pace, so that's going to be the kicker. Is Harvey going to let him go by? And again, race control hits the radio of Tatiana Calderon, and uh, they do ask her to move over, which she does, and she complies, and that would allow that battle that we were talking about between Simon Pagino and Marcus Erickson, the battle for the seventh position to heat up a little bit. Meanwhile, as the laps continue to wind down, we're on lap number 64 now with six to go, and Will Power has seen that lead dwindle now to eight point four seconds as he works his way along the straightaway and passes under the flag. So, five to go for Will Power, Jake Query. He comes off of turn number two. He has a comfortable advantage. It's just not as comfortable as it once was. So, the question is, how comfortable are those red tires here in the closing laps? Will Power just got passed with ease. Jimmy Johnson, no issue whatsoever as he works his way up turn number three. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson moved over to the right side of the racetrack. He not only let Jack Harvey by, but as Jake pointed out, Will Power as well. Power has to try to run down Jack Harvey as that gap is down to 7.9 seconds. Harvey's advantage over the race leader is about six or seven car lengths as they head down the back straightaway, a pair of red and black cars. Yeah, but Will Power's pace has certainly dwindled in this last handful of laps or so. Will Power has Jack Harvey ahead of him by about eight car lengths, so Harvey's certainly keeping pace as Will Power now enters turn number nine, and boom, right there is Alexander Rossi entering turn number seven. So we see Will Power exiting turn number 11. Rossi has closed that gap. The only thing kind of holding him up right now is Jimmy Johnson and Rossi catches him right at the middle portion of turn 11, trying to get around him and regain that gap that he has between he and Power. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, just a, a matter of circumstance, a victim of circumstance there, Davey. We saw that we've seen Jimmy Johnson time and time again trying to do the gentlemanly thing. It's just that Rossi caught him in a bad spot. You know, he definitely was Jimmy Johnson, I will for sure promise you, will not try to hold any up. He didn't try to hold Ross up. He got out of the way. He got out of the way of Dixon as well. It just caught him kind of at a bad stop. Eight-second lead still. But, man, I tell you, he's losing a lot of ground. I know there's only four to go. That's two seconds a lap. He's looking good, but it could. The whole key right now is Jack Harvey. 
Uh, Jack Harvey is running in front of Will Power, but I don't know that it's necessarily a matter, Michael Young, of the high fee car holding Will Power up. Jack Harvey has got a pretty good race pace as both of them make that bender down that back straightaway and head to you. Will Power sees the lead down to 7.4 seconds. Yeah, and I think that gap between last lap and this lap, it has closed slightly, but not to the point where... Jack Harvey needs to let Will Power by. He's not to that point. Power's not that close. Power through turn number nine. Here comes Alexander Rossi through turn number eight. So Will Power makes that right-hander of turn number 11. Here comes Rossi through turn number 10. That gap is closing visibly. It could be Alexander and Will Power down to the very end of this race. It's down to seven seconds, Davey. What is that car feeling like for Will Power right now? Not good. He's so frustrated because even though he's not that, I mean, he's about 10 car lengths back of Harvey, but that dirty air plates, especially on old tires. It really affects him. Dropped him down. you got to remember, he was running in the 118 seconds, sometimes the 117 second bracket. Right now, he's 119. Rossi's 117. Uh, leader goes to turn three, Jake Query. And it is Will Power behind Jack Harvey. They just worked their way through three, and then you wait. I'm going to do it this way so you can hear the gap. That's Alexander Rossi that just went through turn number three. Rear end stepped out just a little bit on that Napa car. 6.6 seconds the gap with two and a half laps to go. Will Power might just be able to hold on and just ride behind Jack Harvey. That gap though continues to dwindle. Back onto the back straightaway. Will Power accelerates. Still not close enough, Michael, to put Jack Harvey a lap down. It's 6.2 seconds. I think he'd have to attack Jack Harvey and he just doesn't have the tire to do it right now. So we have Santino Ferrucci and the machine of Jack Harvey. They are ahead of Will Power at this point. But Alexander Rossi has closed again. Will Power through turn number 11. Rossi looks about the same amount of distance between he and Power the last time through. Now Rossi through turn 11. 5.7 seconds to lead, Davey Hamilton. Unbelievable. It's tight, but you got to remember he's coming down for two to go. Two more laps to go. He has to gain two and a half seconds lap basically to catch him, but he has to pass him as well, and you know that car is going to get wide. Push to pass. Yes, Power has 41 seconds. Rossi has 13, so you know Power is going to be using that down these straightaways. A lot of nervous energy in the pit box. Jake Query, the leader, to turn three. Question is, can Chevrolet win the final race here on the streets of Belle Isle? Will Powers doing everything he can on those softer red tires? Alexander Rossi is now within view. Rossi flies out of turn number three. It is down to 4.8 seconds. Rossi continues to hustle that Napa AutoNation car around the racetrack, but he is running out of time trying to run down Will Power. It's down to 4.2 seconds. His power is back onto the back straightaway. Now it's under four seconds. Power heading to turn seven with a lap and a half to go. Alexander Rossi has not run away, won a race since 2019 in Road America. He so would like to get another win for Andretti Autosport, but now he's got Santino Ferrucci between he and Will Power, so Will Power has bought himself a little gap there as Will Power exits turn number 11. Here comes Alexander Rossi, but again, he's got to get around the lap car Ferrucci. Santino Ferrucci did the gentlemanly thing, and he moved out of the way for Will Power. Power is still not able to catch Jack Harvey, and I don't think he's going to. Santino Ferrucci runs between Alexander Rossi and Will Power. White flag is in the air. 2.5 seconds left on the final lap of the final race in the storied history of Belle Isle. Jake Perry leaders head to turn number three. 
Will Power will set up for turn number three for the final time, knowing that Alexander Rossi is on the charge. Power works his way through turn number three. Visibly slower. Rossi on the black tires off turn number three, trying to come in on Will Power. Ferrucci slides out of the way. That gives Alexander Rossi clear track. No matter about seconds, it's down to car lengths as they make their way through turns five and six. Rossi sliding that pink and blue car around the back stretch. They're on to the back stretch out of turn number six. The advantage for Will Power looks to be about 12 seconds, 12 car lengths. It's two seconds here on the final lap. Does Will Power have the tires to hold off Alexander Rossi? Rossi wants to get that win, and he visibly closes. It's down to about eight car lengths as they make their way through turn number nine, now turn number ten, and Will Power trying to get the 100th victory for Chevrolet. Here is the sunset on Belle Isle. It's 1.4 seconds to lead for Will Power over Alexander Rossi. Does Rossi have enough time to catch him on the final couple of turns? They work their way through 12. Turn number 13. Will Power's going to Climb into the throttle. The lead, 1.1 seconds for Will Power. Twin checkers out, and he holds off Alexander Rossi. A spirited battle over the final lap as Will Power gives Chevrolet their 100th win. Outdueling Alexander Rossi to the checkered flag. He wins the final Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Rossi is second. Dixon is third. Newgarden is fourth. And Pato Award completes the top five. Uh, well, it's going to be a long time before we forget this final installment of the history of racing here at Belle Isle, Davey Hamilton. What a, what a great race that was. I, I don't know how you make it any better. How about that caution? free. The guys did a fabulous job on a very challenging racetrack for, for sure. Uh, power. Well, you know, I mean, what a strategy they did. And Alexander Rossi, I mean, he almost uh, broke that uh, that streak that he unfortunately hasn't won for a long, long time. But, man, he, he was strong. There's no question about it. And how about this? Will Power missed victory lane. Second and third are in on the victory lane or the podium. But uh, Will Power is still not yet to get in there. And Nick Yeoman, unfortunately, uh, the day ended poorly for Renus VK. He was looking to work his way into the top ten and had trouble on the last lap. Yeah, he got into the tire barriers in uh, turn number six at the exit. He did hop out of that car. He is okay. Uh, it's going to end up with a 16th place finish. But, yeah, I mean, that that incident, Rossi needed to happen about five or six laps earlier. And, boy, Mark, if this uh, Detroit Grand Prix were 71 laps and not 70, boy, oh, boy, we might have had a heck of a finish. Great finish regardless. But, yes, a uh, tough day and a tough situation for VK who uh, ends in the tire barriers there in turn six. Davey, you could go from hero to goat as a race strategist, as you know, uh, in, in just a blink of an eye, but uh, there's no question, picture-perfect strategy for willpower today. Yeah, well, you know what? I have to say two things. Good strategy for Will Power, but what a great drive by Will Power. I mean, what an outstanding drive on those red tires. I think the strategy uh, the award goes to Rossi's team. I mean, I think they had the best strategy. Just uh, the, the power just drove the heck out of that car. A podium finish for Scott Dixon, Ryan Marine. Exactly. Started ninth, finished third. I know you were frustrated yesterday. Do you feel like you salvaged something today? Yeah, it was decent. I feel like I was maybe a little too conservative on the opening laps, and... Uh We'll put a pretty good move on there into uh, into into three, and same with actually uh, McLaughlin early on. I knew the Reds were going to be fast at the start, and I uh, was probably biding my time a little too much. But uh, he drove a fantastic race. We had a lot of understeer early on, which was kind of strange, and we kind of dialed the car in. I think our pace later was really good. So really happy for uh, for Honda. Obviously, I had uh, great uh, results here this weekend, and obviously PNC Bank for all the support and. The nine crew did a hell of a job, so uh, nice and smooth for a change. It was good for, for me. We'll see you next week in Elkhart Lake. Awesome. Thanks, mate.
Alex, or sorry, Joel. With Alexander Rossi, qualified 11th. Words from Bud Denker, the chairman of the Detroit Grand Prix, who just said awesome strategy and awesome job, and it was an awesome strategy. You came in on lap four after qualifying 11th. Given what the circumstances were yesterday, if we had told you you're going to finish second, did you think that that strategy would have worked out and you'd be here? Would you take that finish? Oh, no, I mean, we, we've come here now for 18, 19 21, 22 with, I think, the fastest car every year and still can't quite get the win. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good day for sure for the team. You know, they did an amazing job again. It's two weekends in a row. So hats off to the whole Napa Auto Nation and Jody Honda crew. Um, it was close there at the end. We needed one more lap. But, um, yeah, still a good day. And uh, I'm going to miss this place. I love driving here at Belle Isle. And thanks to Penske Corp and, and everyone for what they do to this place. And um, we look forward to seeing everyone downtown next year. I know there's a phrase that's been coined, I think, by Marshall Pruitt, that there's a cartoon anvil that follows you around. But you had a top-five finish at the Indy 500. You think you may have had the best car here today. Do you think that you guys have shaken that? You're going to Road America, a place where you've won before and you're always strong. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was pretty unlucky So um, with the red flag there in qualifying. But, yeah, I mean, obviously today was a great day. So we'll just focus on that and uh, go forward to Road America, a place, like you said, that I love. And we'll be back on track here in five days. Alexander Rossi, second place in the Auto Nation Napa Honda. Yeah, good run for him, Davey. And uh, again, we talked about, you know, now that his future is secure and he doesn't have to listen to rumor and innuendos and all of that, <laughs> and they can set about the focusing on the task at hand. It's uh, Again, he follows the pattern set by Pato Award prior to him. Uh, those guys now can just focus on being competitive and winning races, and it appears to be paying off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, maybe that's what it was going to take is just Alexander, you know, ha knowing that he's going to a different team, has a lot of confidence. He wants to win where he is right now. He wants to finish this year off with wins with Andretti, knowing they got a good car. And I have to say, what a, gr what a great strategy. I, you know, you have to give them the strategy call of the race. They really did the smartest thing, the best strategy, no question about it. Um, it's just willpower. I, mean, I don't know how he did it, but he hung on to those reds for a full stint and able to, to keep that lead. Well, not a lot of drivers could do that, but it's really no surprise that willpower we're good, huh? Yeah, well, you know, he surprises us all the time. I mean, I, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, but it still is. All the polls that he's won, you know, he could be 10th or 12th in practice all of a sudden. He'll, he'll pull off a poll, and now that he's he's closing down on the all-time leader of poll wins, and now the 100th win for Chevrolet um, here at their home track, pretty special. Well, uh, one thing's for sure, uh, nothing is uh, being decided in terms of the battle for the championship, Davey. Will Power goes back to the top <laughs> spot. He gains three positions. Erickson is now three points back. Pato Award five points back. And Pelot is 14 points back. So, Chevrolet gets their 100th win since coming back to the NTT IndyCar Series. And Will Power is now the points leader, Ryan Marine. And he's celebrating with the whole family, including his brother Damian, who's been in town since the 500 last week. And Will Power, you started 16th. It was a strange strategy compared to what everybody else was doing. And on a weekend in which everyone said you can't make the red tires last, you did. And you held off Alex Alexander Rossi, how did you do it? Uh, I drove, for one, I didn't have to have a like a blistering outlap and destroy the tyre, so I was very conscious and I just drove it very straight, very focused, very straight, and um, I could have pushed at the end, like they didn't like die, so uh, yeah, stellar job by the team. I was a bit worried when they went black, black, and we're like, man, we're saving the reds for the end. Hope there's no yellow, but yeah, full green race, crazy, huh? 
Absolutely. And that was good for you, especially on the heels of what happened last year. I know the team came on the radio and said, look, this place owes you one after you dominated one of the races a year ago. Were you thinking about that at all? Wow, man, that's redemption. You never, like, think of it like it owes you. You just think, eh, I never get paid back for those ones. That's just how racing is. But that was redemption. That was, like... And it was like a good win, too. It wasn't lucky. It was just hard fought by the team, and I drove my ass off, so really stoked. Apologies for the language, but since Chevrolet came back into the NTT IndyCar Series, Will, well, he's going to walk off. He's got some people to talk to, evidently. So celebration is underway here. Will Power in victory lane in Detroit. Well, and uh, Davey Hamilton, I, I think I'll echo his sentiments. Wasn't nothing, nothing lucky about that win. He earned every lap. He earned every lap, and then when he says how hard he drove, absolutely. I mean, he that was the drive of the race. There's no question about it. Like I say, if you got to go drive of the race, for sure, power. And then it was strategy of the race. It's definitely Rossi. Yeah, no question about it. So, again, your top five, Will Power, Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, and Pato Award. Alex Below was sixth. Marcus Erickson follows up his win of the 500 with a seventh-place finish. Colton Herta finished eighth. Simon Pagino ninth. And Felix Rosenquist, tenth. David Malukas, 11th. Connor Daly, 12th. Takuma Sato, 13th. Christian Lungard, 14th. Jack Harvey, 15th. Renis VK, 16th. Roman Grosjean, 17th. Devlin DeFrancesco, 18th. McLaughlin, 19th. 20th, Kelly. 21st, Ferrucci. 22nd, Johnson. 23rd, Calderon. Kirkwood, 24th. 25th, Castro Neves. 26th, Graham Rahal. Joel Sebastianelli. In victory lane with Jim Campbell, the vice president of performance in motorsports for GM. Win number 100 for Chevy in the hometown race last time on Belle Isle. There's a lot of people who have helped you get to this point. Oh, this has been an incredible team ever for this 2.2 liter. Direct injected twin turbo Chevy NDV6. We started in 2012. Today, 100 wins out of 170 races. Amazing. And it's actually appropriate because Will Power got his 26th win with that engine from Chevy. So proud of him and 67 of those wins came from Team Petsky, but so proud of all of the Chevrolet teams over the years and drivers. How many people are here to enjoy this for Chevy? Oh, we have hundreds and hundreds of our employees and our partners here, uh, so we couldn't be prouder. You can hear them in the background uh, as the drivers come up here, so we're really proud of that. Also, a shout-out to Elmore, our partners with Chevrolet Powertrain that put this engine together. Really proud of them, too. All right, Jim Campbell, we'll let you go celebrate. Congratulations, the 100th win in Chevy's return to IndyCar. Final thoughts when we come back to Bell Isle. Checkered flag here, buddy. Way to go, flag. man. Great drive, buddy. Really yes, 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 yes. All right, guys. Oh, God. Redemption, boys. Redemption. Uh, redemption indeed for Will Power as this race goes caution-free. And, Davey, the battle for the championship is a good one. As we mentioned, Will Power plus three over Erickson, plus five over Award, 14 over Pelot. Newgarden, 47 back. Dixon not out of it. He's 53 back. Yeah, not out of it whatsoever. you got to remember, Scott Dixon knows how to win these championships. And 53 points, that is, that's not that far. It just takes a few mistakes for some of these drivers and a few, some good luck on Dixon's side, but good run by him as well. Um, although, where he stands right now, he's, he came in here six in points. He's leaving six in points. But how about that? When you get three positions gained for Will Power, but only three points ahead a second, that means you got to fight for it. Uh, battle for the Manufacturers Championship. Uh, I think if you look at the top ten, looks good for Honda. However, including the winner, Chevrolet gets three of the top five, and they lead Honda 595 to 542 in the battle for the championship. 
Yeah, that's exactly what Haunt or Chevrolet wanted is that, that win to gain some points. And it's gonna that's that's another battle that's gonna come right down to the end. And you know, hats off to a couple. You know, Will Power gained fifteen positions this race and helped Chevrolet get their first win. How impressive is that? But then Rosenquist, you gotta remember he started dead last. He also gained fifteen positions, his teammate below twelve. So a lot of these drivers filed from the back to the front and the important the every point counts, not for for them but but the engine manufacturers as well. Uh, yeah, four leaders, four lead changes, and uh, they threw the caution on the last lap, but uh, no laps were run under caution. Uh, Will Power led 55 laps on two occasions. Joseph Dugarden led 13 laps. Alex Pillow and Scott Dixon each led a lap. As you mentioned, Power and Rosenquist plus 15, Pillow plus 12, Rossi plus 9, and Dixon was plus 6 on the day. So, Davey, Beautiful Road America is next. Uh, Four-plus miles takes a long time to get around Road America. That's a long race where it takes a lot of patience. A lot of elevation changes, really challenging, but beautiful facility. Yeah, now you're going to see a low to speed, a smooth racetrack, a super long course. Everything just the opposite of the last two races, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and here at Belle Isle. So uh, completely different. It's going to be a whole new cast of characters potentially running up front right now. And strategies to also play a big part in that. You can make pit stops really easy there without going to lap down. So um, I'm excited to get there to the beautiful Road America. Well, Davey, not to look too far ahead, but I think teams have it in the backs of their minds. They raced May 1st at Barber Motorsports Park and then got ready for the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which was on the 14th. And then the weekend of the 21st, it was qualifying. The 29th, the Indy 500. This race weekend at Belle Isle, Road America June 12th. And then I think a well-deserved and a welcome break to the July 4th weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. I think Everybody needs a break. I mean, these teams have been working so hard uh, to make sure these cars are prepared properly, getting to r- race after race. And just like right now, I mean, they're setting up Thursday um, in Road America. There's, you got to travel there. You got the cars turned around. There's a lot of work to be done. You got to tear down here first, uh, Mark. So a lot of work uh, between now and Road America. Well, brother, you had a busy day. You drove the fastest seat in sports summit for Mario. Did a great job as analyst. As always, uh, find yourself a good meal tonight. Rest and relax. We'll see you very soon. All right, guys. See you next week. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, some final thoughts when we come back to Belle Isle. 26 career win for Will Power, and this win at Belle Isle ties him with Elio Castro Evans and Scott Dixon for three wins. That's the most all-time here at Belle Isle, and it's the final chapter of the 30-plus year history at this historic venue. They'll move a few miles to downtown Detroit next year, but again, congratulations to Roger Penske, Bud Tinker, and Penske Entertainment for all that they have done for Belle Isle. They certainly left it in much better shape which they found it. Look forward to starting this exciting new chapter next season. Congratulations again to Will Power, a most deserving champion today on Belle Isle. The Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, presented by Lear, has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. By Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies. Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light made to chill. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Ruoff Mortgage for a fast mortgage process. Apply online at Ruoff.com. The Children's Foundation, proud sponsor of racing for kids. 
Hitsman Racing Uniforms. Nothing fits like a Hitsman. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton in the pits. Ryan Marine, Joel Sebastianelli in the turns. Nick Yeoman, Michael Young, and Jake Query. Chief Engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite support by Scott Burgett. Our producer, Sam Rumson. The network director is Chris Pollock. This is Mark James. Join us again in one week for the Sanzio Grand Prix at Road America. Our coverage starts at next Sunday at noon Eastern. And don't forget, you can hear every race and on-track session of both the Indy Lights and the NTT IndyCar Series on your phone, tablet, or computer. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.